Hey Skyfarers and welcome to AFACAST, the Cowdron Overlords podcast. I'm Lee, the Arknet Admiral, and I'm joined by three great admirals today. Uh, we have, first of all, uh, I'll go top and bottom, Mr. Beards of Goroy, you might know him as in the Discord, Mr. Kyle Kallip. How are you, Kyle? I'm good. I'm just uh, chilling and still thinking about my last game. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened in your last game then? So with the Bark Narlis that I had last was it last week. Um you know, one against the eels. I bashed my head against some ogres and then bounced off. Uh that was kinda unfortunate. I, and then the and then the third one was uh against coalesced um yeah, thunder lizards. You know, so pretty much as hard of a hard of a game as you can imagine, just because everything in that list that I had was two or d3 damage uh and then coalesced with uh 50 skinks kind of does nothing because you can't <laughs> you can't kill them um so yeah it was a it was a that was a really that game went to turn five um unfortunately it was super late so people couldn't watch it but it was a really really good game so i'm i'm, I'm still thinking about that one but yeah um i'm happy to talk about bark more now today <laughs> cool um well Hopefully, well, we know you play a lot of Barrett Morlar, Mornalis, so hopefully you've got better stories about them than yeah. the tough times of Barrett Nar. Okay, so let's uh, introduce everyone else. Uh, so we have uh, the guest that won't go away, Mr. Max Bowman. Hello. How are you, Max? I'm good, thank you. Thank you. Good, good, good. What have you been up to? You've done any hobby or gaming? Uh, yes, I try to paint every day, like some some little two hours a day, so pretty constant for me. Gaming, uh, yes, I did a test game for today's show um, on Thursday. Talk about that later. <laughs> on apart from that, yeah, um, I've been tempted by other armies. Oh no, what armies? Not not Dwarden armies. <laughs> but, they're not elves, uh, are they? No, no, no. They're not elves. They're not fish elves. Uh, they're a fun oh, army. Okay, but, uh, I'll I'll uh, reveal once once uh, I've fully decided. Okay, fair enough. Keep keep us on tender tender hooks there. Um, okay, so uh, last but not least, we have uh, a new recruit on Good Ship Afercast. Uh, someone that. Primarily plays Nurgle, I believe, but has played a lot of mm-hmm. Barak Monar. Uh, Mr. Matthew Barker, welcome to the show, sir. Oh, thank you much. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm really excited to uh, to be here and talk KO and Barak Monar, my favorite Skyport by far. Um, yeah, you're right. I played um, primarily Nurgle for the last um, three years or so, give or take, um, and then started like. Um, gaining more and more uh, into the competitive scene and, and making Nurgle competitive and, um, and had a good 2019 in the, I, in the, uh, ITC. Um, but this year has been a little rough trying to find games and I want, and I definitely wanted to start a new uh, army project. So KO caught my eye and I knew they're going to be getting a battle tome at the beginning of the year. And then 2020 went the way that it did, but I'm still enjoying painting them and hobbying with them. And then, um, also, getting some game in, games in now as things like open up with restrictions and stuff like that. But um, 
and even a few RTTs. I just went to a, a one-day tournament out here. Didn't do as well as I hoped, but I, I, uh, my list was solid, but my tactics is what needed working on. So that's always reassuring. Um, just need some more practice, and uh, you know, we'll see how far we can go, how high they can fly. But <laughs> <Ooh>. uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's better than magic. So I was going to make some sort of rubbish joke about COVID being Nurgle or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, I've I've heard it from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it's um, it's great to have you on the show, and uh, it's um, it's refreshing to hear that you you blame your the result of the tournament on yourself rather than the list, because a lot of people will go straight to the list, which I, I I don't agree with. I think normally you can probably find out it's your own fault rather than the list, isn't it? I mean, yeah, people win with silver. I've told this to a few. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be. It's not always the list. The game is the game is good. So it's, it's always the player. <laughs> I, I've told this to yeah. I've told this to a, I've told this to a few people that like I I really feel like I re, I relied on the natural resilience of a Nurgle list to be able to take damage and then be able to react without having suffered too many losses and then you know play to my strengths. But with Caradron Overlords, I'm finding that it's really like more of a, a knife's edge, right? So you your decisions and your risks and your rewards and your shortcomings are amplified because of a lot of different reasons. But with Nurgle, I was able just to like react, be a reactionary force, and um, I wanted something that took me out of my comfort zone. And so I'm happy to I'm happy so far. So we'll talk about it more though with this specific cool. Skyport. Yeah. Uh, so before we get you know, sort of delve right into the skyport. Uh, is there any news? Um, I have to admit, I, I can't remember. Uh, since we've last been on the show, Battle Force boxes are live today. Oh, you buy your, uh, available. You buy your uh, if you should buy it or not, there's a good video on there. <laughs> Check it out. Just there's a couple new uh, Underworlds warbands, right? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, and then and they, they teased a couple more. Yeah, they're giving us like a whole calendar. Yeah, the mm -hmm. vampires for sure, right? Oh, um, that's that circular one is Ossiarch Bone Reapers, the uh, the one with the blue background and sort of a circular rib cage, and then Deepkin, yeah. and then the other one that people are debating whether it's ogres, whether it's spider. Fang or bone splitters because it's definitely got some bone elements like a femur yeah. in there, but it also has two like looking fangs, sort of, you know. So it's really which way uh, is it going? Uh, but that one's um, there's a name, I think it's the hidden people or shadow people. It's in the lore the of the, the silent the people, silent, silent people, yeah. They're like uh, it's in the lore of the um, oh. of the uh, <gasps> beast, beast grave book, yeah. Scotland. Are they going to use Scott those? Yeah, but they seem humanoid. Oh, beast great. Okay. And they have think... the, the shadow cutout, like you see in the mm. background, is wearing some rapiers, some swords. And I believe though those uh, are similar to the rumor engines we have seen. We've are you seen saying some that we're going to get a, uh, an insect race? I think it will be something like the, the Kurnofi, like a race in Underworlds that's tested and then maybe later exploited mm -hmm. in Age of Sigma. I guess I, I, I'm pretty sure it's like something because it's supposed to come out in March, and I don't think they teaser a new race for Age of Sigma in this way. They're just showing like little bits and pieces, and then in, and maybe at Christmas or after Christmas we'll see more about them. Uh, they're, I think be... they're, in, 
they'd release it in Age of Sigma first and then go to uh, Underworlds rather than the other mm, way around. No, I usually they, they test out these things in little in these side games. Yeah, if it's a test, they would. Mm. But if it's like a full release that they already have planned, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think they'd go Age exactly. of Sigma first and then. Yeah, exactly. Um, if it's a full release so they, planned. You think they're going to use like Underworlds as like a focus group for like like the aesthetic, like because the uh, Kurnathi or the uh, Satyrs yep. that that sort of visual um, you know aesthetic hadn't really been all that explored in AOS. Exactly. Um, so I, I've heard this on on Warmer Weekly. They talked about this maybe half a year ago when they said they often do this. They test out models and designs. I mean, to, to design uh, a warband isn't a big a big deal design a whole right. army of right. them is much more effort so they design it right. they put it out there it's in their its own lore inside the, that mm-hmm. box game uh if people like the like them if not uh if they're distinctive enough to to be uh, different from the other armies existing in the game and then maybe a year or two years later they expand it into a full army very nice so, it would yeah. depend how confident they are on the on the you know the concept art because if they were, like, obviously they didn't test out Aussie Bone Reapers first, they just went straight out. So if they're really confident or something, then I think they just do it. Yeah, I think it's the ones where they're less sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure for each each army that we see being released, there's five or six concepts that they didn't follow up. Mm, probably. Uh, oh, I'd, I'd love to to know what what could have been. Yeah. You know. Well, although it would be kind of uh, disappointing, almost if there was something that you found out oh, that was really. Yeah, that you really loved, and they didn't go ahead with it. Um, yeah, they had this. They had this concept art for a cog fortress, and it was like this mm. huge leviathan that spun around on a disc, <laughs> just rotating cannons. That'd be so <laughs> sick. But it'd be really well, sad. You're right. They had in, uh, in Morafi. There's a cog fort in there wow. in the lore. Yeah. So you know, yeah, well, City of Sigmar yeah. 2.0 is going to come out with a cog fortress. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Uh, I just want to pull out this from the chat. Well, I it's late because of the the realm difference. If only <laughs> you knew how much trouble we had with time differences and time zones. <laughs> um, but no, other than that, uh, news. There's not been a massive amount. I don't think since last week. Is there? No, really? I think everybody's just waiting for the December FAQ. Yeah, yeah that's an amazing thing. I mean, I'm happy we... to see somebody binge watch these videos. Yes, <laughs> That's these are long. It's like eight hours, man. Okay, yeah, binge, binge watch is just like one show. <laughs> but uh, oh, there is uh, one thing that it's, it's not really news, but something I probably should have mentioned in my uh, Battleforce box show, but I didn't know about it until someone commented about it. Is uh, the Andrew Master on dirigible suit? The Games Workshop website says that he comes on a 50 mil base. Yeah. Mm. But he doesn't. He comes on a 40 mil base. Mine's uh, definitely on a 40 mil base. Because Brock so, is on a 50 mil base. And that's the difficulty when you want to proxy him as Brock as him. Although they did change. Uh, no, mine's on a 50. I put mine on a 50, wrong. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine's, mine in the Ether War, he came in a, on a 40. Came that's what I 40. built him up. And the instructions well, say 40. I mean, so, I, I don't know. I used Brock and I just did a head swap basically with a Mizzen yeah. Master head from the engine riggers. But I, but I, I took my information by going to the 
dirigible suit um, description on the Games Workshop website, and I said, yeah. oh, 50 millimeter. That's what Brock came with. So I was like, oh, perfect. Then that makes sense. So yeah. I didn't question it. Well, Mine's on a 50. That, yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. That's why I wanted to bring it up because I think a lot of people are going to be doing that now because they're going to be buying the Battle Force. Oh. And obviously, in, in the video, I said, oh, it comes on a 40, like, it should be on a 40 mil base. So you had to get a base. And then someone questioned it and they said, they brought up the fact that it says it on the description. But in A4, I, I went and double checked the instructions because I still got the instruction book. And it says in more than one place on there, like 40 mil base. If, so, if you look at all the pictures in the battle tomb, in the art, in the photos, you can see them side by side, and Brock's base is bigger. I mean, it's. I mean, if they was in the instruction books, they're going to side with that because they can just edit it out their website, but they're not going to recall all the or say all the instruction yeah, books. Yeah, yeah. No, and send well, everyone on the bigger base. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm assuming that the website is wrong. It's just like an error. Um, but unfortunately, the you know, like the official base size document. But the mm -hmm. PDF on the Epic, he's not on there because <laughs> it, it, it's from last December. So hopefully when the yeah. December FAQ comes, that will at least will correct that. I think maybe we'll Hopefully that's the only change. That's it. That's yeah. the only thing that needs to be edited. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to hopefully anyone picking up getting a Battle Force and converting that uh, Brock into an Endrum Master will sort of be reassured by us talking about this. They'll probably just be worried now. Like, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's frantically checking out their base size now. Yeah. Yeah. They've done this before. Like, there's something that released in the Indominus box in 40K uh, that was on a 25 mil, and then they put it on a 32 mil when they sold mm. it like a month later. So uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it past them, just update it. Be like, you know what? Mm. Engine Master Dirigible is now going to be on a 50 mil. I we, can see that you, happening. You could make an I argument for that's one of the reasons why he's better than Brock. Like, it's a very minor reason, but you can get slightly less models around a, a 40 mil base than he can a 50. He shouldn't be, right. because he's technically he's in the game, he's weaker than, than Brock, so he should be. <laughs> Technically, in the lore, he's weak. Technically, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't own the entire Skyport. He's yeah. not the Grand Admiral of all the combined yeah. fleets. Uh, I mean, he can get traits, so and yeah. uh, he can get false <laughs> right bombers. So he yeah. uh, blow out Brock every yeah. every chance the, he has. From, I want to try bomber so bad in a game. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can be disappointing, <laughs> but they can also be amazing. But you know. Unfortunately, that's the way it works. Uh, yeah, so should we just mosey on ahead and have a look at yeah, Baron Noir then? Cool. Sure. So, mm -hmm. so we'll go on screen the uh, Barrack Mornar Allegiance abilities. Uh, so we'll just go through them and sort of tell you what we think of them. So we'll start uh, with the first one, which is uh, Fearsome Raiders. Subtract one from the bravery characteristic of enemy units while they are within six inches of friendly barrack Molnar units. Uh, yeah. Okay. It can be good because um, a lot of reasons, but it also is really bad because we have an army that doesn't stand next to you. <laughs> uh, I actually have some use for this personally, mm -hmm. but in most cases when you're playing this army, you're not going to you're not going to remember that this is a rule. Mm. It's it's a carryover from the the old battle dome, and mm. it wasn't even that useful in that either. 
but the, the trouble is also like any bravery debuff like there's so much things to get battle shock immunity and stuff that there's a whole army wanna... that it, it, yeah. that immune, ignores battle shock <laughs> yeah although we're good against that army so it doesn't count but uh, <laughs> there is there is a there is something to note here is the fact that minus one bravery matters on turn one because most people don't have a cp at the start mm -hmm. um if they do it might be from a battalion but if they're burning it on bravery so what you can do like especially against uh seraphon going first to force them to have their dudes battle shock off before they get their buffs off like there's a lot of armies that aren't really good on the first turn um and so you can knock off and having the plus one you know, the minus one bravery can make a difference to get a few more dudes gone and against some elite armies like um, ogres and things. That can that can matter. Mm -hmm. Every loss counts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's yeah. I mean, you can't. So I think what we're saying is you can make use of it, but it, it's not the star of the show. No. Effectively. No. The other, but don't the forget other about that, it because it's not useless. Yeah. So I, yeah. I found a lot of times when you have Arcanauts and you run them up and fire their pistols and do a bunch of damage, a lot of times uh, in, in Blood Bowl, there's this thing called the Elf Stall where you, uh, I don't know if anybody plays Blood Bowl, but all your linemen are like right in front of their uh, players, but not, you know, blitzing or attacking them. So when you run up with your Arcanauts and you fire a bunch of pistol shots off, you know, you may be within six inch range for Battleshock, but you don't want necessarily want to charge into combat and give, especially if they're, a unit that has a lot of uh, uh, attack power in in combat. You know, you wouldn't want to run up, up and just charge like a, a, a melee-centric unit with Arcanauts, but you do want to kind of get up and, and fire all those pistol shots off. So that's when it can... Yeah, that's a, a good point that it's six inches. Because I think in the previous battle tome, and I think, I think it was three inches, um, so you did have to be in combat, but you don't need to be in combat for this to, to work, which is a little bit more helpful for us. Ooh, I mean, we, we lost you for a second there, Matt, but you're back. <laughs> so uh, let's move on uh, talk about their article, which is Seek New Prospects. You can re-roll Battleshock tests for friendly Barrack Mornar units while they're wholly within your opponent's territory. Sorry. Oh. Thank you, cut this is somewhat niche if you're playing the one-drop engine riggers build. Uh, that's nice because engine riggers don't have inbuilt Battleshock uh, rerolls. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> if you're building a one-drop, then you're going Iron Sky Command. Yeah, but sometimes and you have Battleshock community from that. You have 24, <laughs> right. right? You can go sideways and you can split up. It's something you can do and not lose. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Like Having the Battleshock immune is better. But you can have one group run off. And oftentimes when I'm playing this game, that's what happens. Like the Ironclad yeah. in Mornar should go in one direction. Your Riggers can go another. So it's nice. Mm -hmm. um, Arknot Company in uh, Iron Sky Attack, if they're not charging into um, an objective, this is also helpful. Mm -hmm. True. Between uh, this and being near an objective with Arcanauts, then you know you should have bat and the Iron Sky Command. If you have that, you should have Battleshock pretty well. You know, uh, most of the time. Yeah, yeah. It's just nice to have. It's like uh, it's like Urbaz, exactly. you know, for the same okay. reasons mm -hmm. last last week. Yeah, uh, and I I think we probably did mention it last week on the Urbaz show, but 
pay attention on the battle battle plan to exactly where the territories are because Mm -hmm. they do change a bit even if it's a basic like oh i'm on one side of the border on the other you know sometimes the territory extends to the whole half the board and sometimes it doesn't so just have a have a look at that and it's not just always where you can deploy in so uh but yeah i think we probably mentioned that in the last show but in case someone didn't watch that uh so yeah again not the reason why you take why why you want to go for barrett monar but every little helps um so the next ability is prosecute wars with all haste which is in your first turn friendly barrett monar units can run and still shoot later in the turn Mm-hmm. And this one's, I it's, think, is one of the. It's not the main reason, but one of the biggest reasons you might want to take more now. I mean, it's really it's it's fantastic for being wanting to throw a spear into the heart of the enemy's army, right? Like with, mm-hmm. with threat ranges or maybe a unit they thought they were safe from, all of a sudden, you know. Yeah, I mean, you might ask, oh, why why do I need to run and shoot? Because I can just fly high and hitch my entire army and be within shooting range. So the main use for this is either to get closer than nine inches, if the setup allows it, uh, or uh, to get sh- pistols in range which only have nine inch shooting range. And twelve for the riggers. Twelve for the river guns, yeah. Yeah, because they'll never be able to. Uh, you know, there's some battle plans that are 18 away. I mean, Rigos can hit, and then they're nine inches away. They can. Yeah, but if you're drinking 12, most yeah. of the time, unless you're going second, so so in most situations where you want to go first, Riggers will not be able to shoot turn one. Um, this allows you to do that, like actually shoot turn one with uh, all your dudes uh, when you're running 12 or 24 of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the the good thing about if you're doing it with riggers is on like a 24 inch uh, apart part planet. Even if you roll a one on the run, then you you probably still get in range or something. Because um, the frustrating thing for me about this ability is Barrett Mornar has to run and shoot, and Barrett Zilfin has the automatic run six inches. Like if you oh, put them both be- in the same one, <laughs> then it'd be great. But uh, also, what's the bit- disappointing is it's only first turn yes i'd love is if this would be one unit per turn or something Ooh, yeah that's nice yeah if it was every turn you'd have a bit more because the the further the game progresses the more often you don't want to fly high because you're you'll be nine inches away but you want to be closer on an objective and then in the end uh like third turn fourth turn That'd be interesting to have. Yeah. Just, oh, I can um, run over there and still shoot you off. The I can run onto the objective and shoot you off. I still I have uh, used a large thunder unit on foot with max special weapons and starting on on foot on the board, uh, combined with this with a with a CP to make them run six. So you know they're able to move ten inches and fire. If you've already gone second, then the enemy probably or maybe has moved closer to you. So being able to to have a threat range, you know, of the guns that you want, the cannons of, you know, 22 inch range after they've already moved. Um, I've played around with, uh, you know, units of 15 thunders on foot and see how they, they work. So because of this, this ability, which really allows uh, a lot of uh, mobility mm-hmm. and Arcanauts too, a lot of mass Arcanauts. This is, this is great. 
Yeah, I believe, <laughs> I believe this is meant for Arcanauts. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can discuss. It's it's for anyone who's trying it. So I think it's it goes really well with the uh, um, the command trait too. So it's like okay, you you forward deploy something. The rest of your army needs to catch up. Most mm -hmm. situations, yeah, you think okay, the boats can just fly high next to whatever you forward deployed. But anything that's on the ground, or if you're playing Iron Sky Attack, you're gonna need to make a normal move. Um, and this is this is very helpful for that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe you should mention the, the yeah, trait so, first. Then. Yeah, so you mentioned the command trait there. So let's uh, skip the footnote and go straight to that. Um, so the command trait is opportunistic privateer, and that has to be given to any any model that is the general. Um, and it's basically, if this general is part of the garrison of a sky vessel, uh, that is on the battlefield after armies are set up but before the first battle round begins you can remove the sky vessel and then set it up somewhere else anywhere on the battlefield more than nine inches from the enemy and then the, if you do do that then the sky vessel can't make a normal move in the first battle round and units in the garrison can't leave the garrison in the first battle round so uh, the first important thing i want to note about this is that it's the general, if they're in the garrison, can use the ability. Um, unfortunately, what that means is if you have an Endrum Master with dirigible suit as your general, he has to take this command trait, but he can't actually use it. Mm. That's a pretty um, big trade-off, unfortunately. So when you're playing Mornar, you have to take... You're either going to lean into the command trait, or you're going to lean into um, the amendment if you're playing with 12 riggers. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, if you're if you're stuck on regrets, if you're going, one or the that's other, why I thought. Uh, that's why I said it's mainly for Arcanauts because they can. Then you can do both. Mm -hmm. The other important thing to note about Barrett Mornar, unlike say Urbaz or Barrett Nar or um, or Zilfin, um, it doesn't have any other uh, battle line options. It doesn't make something battle line, so. Mm -hmm. You you only have the option of Arknauts unless you make the Endrim Master of Dirigible Suit the General to make Endrim Riggers or Sky Wardens battle line, and then if you do that, you basically lose your command trait. So yeah. Um, so, so the the you know a lot of people say, well, why do we have this when you can just fly high if you want to? But there are a few things that this you know the redeploy as it's so-called, um, can do that a fly high can't. You know, you can land right on top of an objective. You can mm -hmm. land right up against terrain. Some mm -hmm. things that I've played around with doing, even if it wasn't for the uh, uh, to help me win that particular game that I was playing, a casual game, it, but it, to test some things out, is when you can redeploy in a bottleneck, you know, maybe between two large terrain features, maybe there's an objective nearby deploying right there with a, a 20 or an 18 wound three up re-rolling save behemoth filled with 20 dudes with pistols just ready to pop off um and it's like you know especially with something we're going to talk about in a moment um you know you can really just sort of make a big deny zone or a come into my area and you will get lit up sort of like um situation so yeah that, that brings up an important point uh in zilfin you need buoyancy aid to move 25 guys in uh, Mornar, you can break the rules, which is kind of the lore. Mm -hmm. And you can put 25 guys in here with last word, redeploy it, 
and not have any of the penalties of uh, not being able to fly high. Uh, but you you know you can't leave after that, so you've sat there. But oh, you they, could disembark. One done. turn. One turn. One turn. Mm. But I mean, you know, also you got twenty five guys in there. You're not flying high. Right. But, okay, right. Um, so so something to think about. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, man, it'd be cool if Ko had a terrain piece. But then I remember that the Ironclad is a terrain piece. It's, mm. it's basically a fortress, like you said. Nice. Three up, save. A huge. It's got a, uh, a four inch width and a six inch uh, length. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, it is a terrain piece. You can put it down and just have this um, gunnery fortress. That doesn't the degrade. Has, the Loon Shrine has guys coming out of it. Our mm-hmm. Ironclad has guys coming out. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Like it's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the annoying part is Ko had a had a terrain piece and they. So I've it. heard. There's, yeah, there's, so there's two in the book. Uh, a couple of these sort of, I don't know. Future releases, guys. Future really have have hope. Yeah, yeah there, There's a couple of different sort of things in the law that could be terrain pieces, unfortunately. But yeah, um, yeah. There's there's a few things this ability can do. We mentioned the fact that you can get around the capacity issue. So if you have a frigate, you can have 15 guys and redeploy. If you have an ironclad, you can make a bit more use out of it because you can get the 25 in. Um, and you can go on to train, you can go on top of an objective. I think going on top of the objective is potentially really useful in uh, some of the battle, uh, something like places of arcane power, because mm-hmm. the objective is so small that you can actually sort of, you can't completely block off the entire thing, but you can block off their whole side of it, and then they've got to go all the way around the ship to move on to it. So, you know, they, we'll talk about why they might not be charging the ship in a minute. Um, because it might not be possible yep. to charge the ship, but even if they do, then they might not be able to get all the way around onto the objective or even pile, pile in, and then it, it could take them a couple of turns to shift an ironclad. Um, yep. Some of the other things that this can do, I, was trying to, I, had, a, I had a list earlier, I've forgotten them. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, well, I think, I'm sure we'll talk about them when we go yeah. through this. Yeah. The, the other thing is you can, you can bait with it, which I think was what Kyle sort of half mentioned earlier. So you can, because it happens, it happens before the game starts that you do your redeploy. So it's also important to note that that happens before the, whoever is uh, deciding who goes first or second, your Mm -hmm. redeploy um, move happens before that decision is made. So if you are not the one who is controlling that decision, you are at the mercy of your opponent. Yeah. So, um, you need to have a plan for what you're mm-hmm. going to do. Um, all you want to be, lo- all you want to be low drops, and I mean, which is effectively having a plan, obviously. But if you, oh uh, yeah, if you low drops, you have. I mean, if you go into the match without the plan, I mean, yeah. okay. Yeah, um, I, I, I realized I was like, okay, I was thinking like, man, that's that's brutal. I've never actually have I been doing it wrong this whole time. And you're like, yeah, yeah if, you, if you underdrop them, it doesn't matter. Oh yeah, it's not 40k. I am always <laughs> making the decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it, it's a little bit more useful if you outdrop your opponent because you can then determine who has the first turn um so yeah and the other thing you can do I'm... with it is, is set up a, uh, an endless spell right yes you can set up so, a spell on the bottom because you move pre-game so then in your hero phase your uh your ship is already potentially in range of the enemy in your hero phase which means you know, if you've got a chemist there with spelling the bottom, walk lightning vortex, and you outdrop, outdrop your opponent, you can just put it on the center of their army. 
um, mm-hmm. a bit like you can in Zilfin. Probably a little bit less flexible because in Zilfin you can make your opponent go first mm-hmm. and then you know set yourself up for a double turn or avoid being double turned, which is probably more powerful. Um, um, especially a double a double activation on the or triple activation on the vortex. Yeah. Um, set up movement phase, double turn your movement phase again. But this is it's quite important because this is really the only other skyport other than Zilfin that can do that. Um, basically, give you much longer range on the endless spells. Mm-hmm. It's Zilfin light. Mm-hmm. Yes. You want to be a better player? This is harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one other thing is the restriction on moving in the first battle round. If you've done this redeploy. My current interpretation of that is you can still fly high. Oh boy, would, here we go. I would caveat that on other people might not agree. <laughs> <laughs> so and you might not want to build around it because or if you do want to build around it, you might want to check with a TO before attending a tournament. Uh, because which I'd is say a shame. You can because yeah. it says a normal move and for Zilfin it says instead of a move. Mm-hmm. So it's not a move. Yeah, and they clarified this for for Zilfin in the hero phase that you can indeed fly high with the riggers and hitching, right? Yeah, so then the riggers can hitch while you yeah. do, and this is also yeah. instead of their move. Yeah, and, yeah. So hitches really... never hitch anyway, though. So this is... yes, <laughs> yeah, rules are hit. Riggers can never hitch. Uh, but just yeah, to um, uh, explain what Max is saying a bit there is um, when. When in Zilfin, when you do the the hero phase move, you get one hero phase move for one unit, which you don't actually use because you instead of using that hero phase move, you fly high with the sky vessel. So you use up that once use thing uh, on your ship. But the FAQ says that sky riggers can still hitch, but the sky riggers hitching ability is instead of a normal move. So it. You don't need to be able to move in order to hitch because and because they haven't got a move. <laughs> so um, yeah. in the hero phase, so you don't need to be able to hit, uh, move if something's instead of a normal move, basically. So this is a so have I explained that well? If you, this is a great thing to argue if you want KO to be nerfed in December. So you just yeah. go to every tournament and say, "Hey, this is how this works," and you'll make yeah. sure that our army gets nerfed. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's such a weird thing because it it specifies instead of. So you go to look up, okay, well, what does instead of mean? And you have to basically decipher what the writers of the rule intended, which I hate doing. So if you just go mm-hmm. by the letter of the law, you know, it all de- it all comes down to whether instead of means. Do I trade one thing for the ability to do another, or does instead of mean um, instead of you know I, I'm not going to do this one thing, I'm going to do this totally separate other ab- event or mm-hmm. ability? So it really is uh, uh, dependent on that. Yeah, I agree. I think... I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I've no, never no, actually course, played it like that, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I. it is kind of kind of nuts. I yeah. might in some casual games just to say, hey, I want to practice this. So if it ever does become like concrete clear, then you, you're just good to go. But mm-hmm. other than that, like, you know, or you just ask every TO and then you have another tool in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they, they, t- they won't know, so. yeah. Well, you asked them before before the event and therefore they have time of course. to work it out. And then it, they say yeah. no. And, um, but I've, it's worth mentioning and worth knowing that 
if you try and do that, you will probably get some pushback from your opponents. If they read your read your command trait, they might go, oh, hang on, I don't think you can do it that way. Um, so if you want to just have fun games, maybe just avoid it. Because mm -hmm. essentially you're playing a game to have fun <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, let's move on from that because... Yeah, I think we can talk about that forever. We'll get yeah, to yeah that of course, of yeah. course. Um, um, but that is one of the one of the, the two reasons, one of the course. three, but mostly two reasons that you take this army. Yeah, um, we, we move on to we won't go, but we'll go to the footnote last because we've sort of half mentioned, we've teased about the fact that you can maybe stop people charging a little bit. So let's explain how that works. Um, um, the main reason to play this. <laughs> so. Uh, the artifact of power for Baron Monarch, which um, must be given to the, the first navigator to receive an artifact of power, is called the Gale Force Staff, uh, mm -hmm. collo colloquially known also as the Fuck You Staff. Um, <laughs> apologies to anyone that we've said that. He monetized. Yeah. <sighs> We don't. We don't have. We, we haven't got enough subscribers to be monetized, so we don't have to worry about that. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, not PG anymore. Oh well. Um, so basically, the way that works is at the start of the enemy charge phase, you can pick one enemy unit within twelve inches of the bearer, and you half the charge rolls uh, for oh, that unit in that oh, phase. Dynamite. Damn. That is so really good. good. So good, so good. No, no dice roll, so, no resource, not once just per say, game. Sit. No, yeah. no. <laughs> this is uh, this is Gandalf saying, "You shall not pass." Basically, but without them falling down, and you know, yeah, yeah, the, you, the your ship won't die. <laughs> so, no, interestingly, here yeah. we need to note that it is one enemy unit. Mm -hmm. So you're still susceptible to multiple threats. If there's two or three units lined up to charge you, pick the, the one that will hurt you most. Mm -hmm. And uh, the unit has to be within 12. I mean, obviously, because uh, they need to be within 12 to be able to charge. But there are some units mm -hmm. that can charge further away, like 18 yeah. inch and do a 3d6. So you won't be able to affect them. Yeah. It's worth noting that there's also some units that get a 3d6 charge. Can't do it from 18 inches away, so I can't remember. Yep. I can't actually remember any examples off the top of my head. Um, um, maybe Iron Jaws, possibly. Sorry, I just, I just played. It. I played um, against something that can do it. Um, Terraphon does it all the ah, time. Um, I think when the Charybdis is whipped, he can throw 3d6 and choose the top yeah, two. Yeah. But who plays Charybdis? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do want to point out one thing about this that I learned the hard way is that ogres do not care about modified charges. So if you get, if there's an ogre who rolls an 11 and they're three inches away from you, they will roll the 11 dice for the, the chart, the mortal wounds on the charge. Yes. Yes. So um, don't do what I did and think, oh yeah, this set protects me because it doesn't. How, how, um, does that, how does that work? Uh, ogres, so so you know how the ironclad, uh, when it charges, it takes mm -hmm. the modified dice roll. So you can get yeah. a plus four to the charge, yeah. and you'll roll 11 oh, dice when you okay. roll a nine, right? Um, uh -huh. But when an ogre, so say an ogre is... is a stonehorn, like, you mean? Yeah, sorry. A stonehorn. Mm -hmm. That's because that's what happened. Stonehorn uh, is, is five inches away from you, and he rolls mm -hmm. an 11 uh, mm -hmm. to make the charge. Oh, okay, so you're like, okay, okay well... 
But they still need to be able to make the charge. So yeah, so they make the charge because they're within five inches. Uh, They go 10, Uh, but they move five because you have it. Mm -hmm. The thing is, they still roll 11 dice. 11 dice. Yep. So on 11 four-ups, you know, I've I've died to that. So, you know, it's like, be careful. Um, really, really know your opponent's rules before you kind of lean into this. Because mm-hmm. you can get... Um, it can be unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a similar vein, as Kyle just explained, I know it might be a little bit more niche, but like uh, stuff like Legion of Blood, they auto-charge six inches. They can never roll lower. So if they are within six... They can't. They don't even have to roll dice. So you just they just move six inches, and you can't mm-hmm. modify it. So um, that's and when you that usually comes into play, like it did for me when I got charged by ten blood knights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, a one. Well, I think there's probably two two more things about this. Uh, the first one is um, that the way modifiers works. If uh, you basically multiplications and divisions happen before uh, yeah. ad- additions and subtractions. So if you go up against something like um, that gets plus two to charge, plus three to charge, then they make their roll, half it, and then add their plus two or plus three. So something mm-hmm. like Gav Bomb, then, which is mm-hmm. coming back, um, then, uh, yeah, you you need Iron to bear that in mind. Yeah, I mean, Iron Draws can get to, like, plus five to charge. Easy, yeah. They can move after they teleport. It's even worse. Yeah, Yeah, move when you shoot them as well. (laughs) Um, Uh, Only when they're outside of nine inches. Yeah. So, Um, and then the last thing is just to give you an idea of the potential of this. If something is uh, six and a half inches away from you, and they roll a twelve to charge, then it. That comes down to a six, or so if they're, they're just more than six and a half, like six and three quarter inches away, then that, it, that's just that's the effect that it has. Like half, halving is massive when you really think about it, like how much difference that makes. Um, so, I mean, and then, and then even then, if so, they're like they're rolling on 11 and they're six inches exactly six inches away, it comes down to five and a half, like, um. It's, you always measure that. before you you start rolling, right? <laughs> to yeah. avoid that. Yeah, but that's yeah. what you usually do. You know, both people, both players yeah. agree. Okay, I need a seven. Yes. Okay. That's yeah. Good. You physically cannot make it. It's not within the realm of possibility. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah. Um, it, worth bearing in mind that you only have to be within half an inch when you finish a charge move. Mm-hmm. So, if they're exactly something and a half inches away, then uh, bear that in mind. And then one uh, other thing. This is locked to a navigator, so you don't even have to take it. Um, yeah. It's kind of like... Uh, oh, but Zilfin. why would you not take it? Ah, hey, 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 yeah. So when inevitably Zilfin gets nerfed uh, and we lose fly high in the hero phase, um, mm-hmm. I was running this before the GHB uh, update where this was the only way to get um, Warp Lightning Vortex deployed legally. Uh, because it wasn't clear on the other one. Uh, it was so not run... legal. It was just not clarified. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't clarified. Those were just guidelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's more not, right? This is guidelines. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. so you could exactly. take the chemists and take a uh, spell in the bottle without needing to take a battalion. Just something to think about. Although, yeah. if you're doing this, you want to take a battalion because you want the first drop anyway. But, you know. Yeah. 
I mean, if there's a skyport to pull a dirty trick like that, it's gonna be Mordar, right? Yeah. 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 So I abused it. I was running the raw um, vent plates with. uh, (laughs) I was like, okay, well, you know, we're playing Mordar. We can. We can cheat yeah. a little bit. So you didn't want to do Zilfin because you, you weren't sure if it was legal, but you went with vent plates. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading the letter as it was written, mm-hmm. and it was legal. You know, that's Mordor. There's nothing illegal. But <laughs> that's KO. Like yeah. the code. Um, so I think before we go on to the footnote, we sort of half mentioned some things when we are talking about the command trait, but we haven't explained because we hadn't explained the footnote, uh, the artifact. Uh, so you can use the artifact in conjunction with the redeploy. So if you if you measure out how far away you're redeploying your ship to and you're not going to take the first turn or you haven't got the choice, you know that, oh, well, they can move X amount of inches and then there'll be X amount of inches away. So, you know, a 12 will become a 6 and then it won't be a charge or, uh, or you know, they need an... Uh, and a 12 or 11 won't work and they're unlikely to get a 12 if you want to be risky with it so you can do things like that basically it's also good to know that somebody can't deep strike nine inches away from you or set up nine inches away from you and it's impossible for them to charge your ironclad or anything that's near your ironclad mm-hmm. unless they just... get plus 100 charge from gaff bomb right of course but if they, but if they <laughs> just if they just come <laughs> down and need a nine to charge then that it, and uh, like I said, I used to be a Nurgle player. Um, Ten Blight Kings and Gutrot Spume was in every single one of my lists. Auto include, bar none, no matter what else I took, because they also get plus one to charge. So, you know, but still, be, needing an eight is impossible. But it was, uh, um, you know, it's always nice to take that away from an opponent for sure. Mm-hmm. 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 There's a lot, of, a lot of opponents that will have uh, a lot of lists going around that will have a teleport and you know some some bonuses to charge because mm-hmm. in theory it makes it reliable but against monar not so much right unless um, you have plus two or plus three plus three yeah but even then it's still not as oh, reliable as what they're yeah yeah it's not it's not as reliable as what they're expecting so you know they're thinking oh yeah i only need like to roll a five or, or whatever and actually you know they need to roll a lot higher than that so <laughs> really good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's uh, talk about the footnote. Uh, it's the last ability that we the one we skipped earlier. So it's a footnote. So it's once per battle because all the footnotes are, I believe. I think doesn't matter. No, um, there was one that isn't. Is there's, there's one that isn't okay? Mark, no. Footnote is add one to the. Uh, or is this dispels? I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> the one that the one that's caught me out there. Um, so at the start of your combat phase, you can put one friendly Barrett Monar unit that is within three inches of an enemy unit. Uh, that and then that friendly unit gets to fight at the start of the combat phase. Uh, but if they your do, they can't. Yep. Uh, but they if they do that, then they can't fight again during the combat phase, um, unless something else lets them. But there isn't anything else that lets. I don't think there is anything in Kale. No, it's. I don't know. It's kind of nice that they put that in there just in case. But they they always put that in. Yeah. Since Um, since fire slayers because then they then can double activate. Yeah. So, at first glance, this looks better than it is. Um, because you're like, oh yeah, I've got a thing that lets me fight at the start of the combat phase. 
it's the start of your uh, combat phase. Yes. So if something charges you, you can't use it. You can only use it in your turn. So mm -hmm. there's really two uses for this. One of them is if you're coming up against something else that can fight at the start of the combat phase, then because it's your turn, you're both trying to start the combat phase, which means you use your ability first because it's your turn, and then you fight before them. That's one yep. of the uses. You fight before uh, Hermdar, Hrfgar Berserkers. <laughs> Not sure if you're going to do anything to them, but yeah, yeah. you get one swing. Yeah. Uh, and probably the more useful thing that you can do with it is if you're just against your, like a normal opponent that doesn't have any activation mm -hmm. war shenanigans, which frankly Most, is, are yeah. less of a thing these days. Or or Luminef who can double activate. Yeah. Um, what you can do is you can charge two units in and one will fight at the start of the combat phase and then you'll, you'll then start... The normal, the, normal the, the normal part of the combat phase, the during part of the combat phase, and then you'll fight again because it's your turn. With, with the other unit. Yep. With, yeah, with a different unit. Um, so you, yep. two units can fight in the combat phase once per game before your opponent effectively. Yeah, so often you have a situation where you ah, I want to fight with my hero first because he might get killed, but actually I want to fight with the Ender Riggers because they're more hitting power. Mm. You can do both. Yeah, and I think the once per battle is okay because how often are you in that situation? No, yeah, yeah, it's fine because we're primarily a shooting army, so mm -hmm. it's good, but it's a bit frustrating for all reasons. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like the article allows. No, sorry, which one? Uh, the amendment allows you to go forward and shoot, but you can't charge, so you can't use this. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. The redeploy means that you're getting charged and you're going to be fighting on their turn. Uh, the, <laughs> you know, um, it's like, okay, you want to go first, but you're not going to be charging them the first turn with anything that really matters. And if you want to go second, you can't use this till your second turn, mm -hmm. or you can't use mm -hmm. this till the second activation. So it is a bit frustrating, but there are situations where mm -hmm. this is going to come in handy. And you're like, oh, yeah, I can double tap something, like with an engine master and an admiral or something, or two engine masters. Yeah. Um, I like it with the, the the double riggers list because you can start the riggers all the way in the back, um, and then they can run forward in the first. If you you know you take the second take second turn, or the the bottom of the first, uh, you start all the way in the back. You run forward, you shoot. If you double turn them, you move forward, you shoot again, then you charge them, and then you get to activate twice. Uh, you know you activate all your dudes first. Uh, then not going to have an army anymore. Uh, and so <laughs> there, there's some really fun things you can do with this with the one drop uh, rigor list we'll see later but yeah, yeah it is like a weird like smattering of abilities right like you've got to fight first you've got to redeploy you've got a half charge you've got to run and shoot at first glance i looked at this and i'm like what is this skyport trying to be right like what like Zilfin is like you know not necessarily alpha strike, but being able to get in your face and get out. And, you know, you've got the, you know, the other sky ports that can bring in sort of the ancestors or NAR, which is the anti-magic uh, sky port. But what is this sky port trying to be? And, you know, it, it, it's sort of a little bit of everywhere. And what I came to the conclusion was that there's a whole host of things that you can sort of pick 
off a menu of what you want to focus on. If you want to, if you really want to lean into the redeploy and go after that and exploit that those strengths and take those weaknesses, then you can. Or if you really want to lean on the run and shoot first turn, um, you know, you can sort of really build a list around that. And no matter what you pick, the Gale Force staff or the F the F off staff is going to be there to assist you in almost every circumstance. You know, so um, that's kind of what I came down as we're looking at the whole Skyport now with all its rules talked about. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that you you it's very difficult to lean into all of them because right. Right. of unit choices and things. You so you end up having to really end picking one or maybe two of them and really trying to go behind that. Um, and maybe the other ones that you don't lean into come into play at some other point in the game, but it's not mm-hmm. going to be like, you know, the, the stake on your plate. It's not going to be the, mm-hmm. the main focus. True. Uh, one other thing that I think we didn't mention when we talked about the command trait was because that's not a fly high, you can't take riggers with it. So mm-hmm. that also kind of feeds in with the footnote. So you can't redeploy to... Um, the opposite side of the table, and then um, have riggers there as well to move afterwards because there's only models in the garrison that can't move off afterwards, but it doesn't matter because the riggers aren't going with the ship. So you haven't got that way to, to, to charge in turn one very easily either, um, which, you know, would be great if you did with the footnote. Um, so has anyone got any other sort of thoughts overall about the abilities before we have a look at some lists or no i think we uh yeah cool um let's uh have a look at some lists um the first one i've got here is uh sean tubman's tournament list um Mm -hmm. we're not going to spend too much time on this because honestly if you if you want to know about this list then the best thing to do is hear Mm -hmm. sean talk about it so you can go and watch that video because we've already interviewed him in the past after he won the tournament. Um, there's already a link in the description for the video, but um, before you click that, you know, wait around and watch the rest of this one. Um, and uh, oh, yeah, wait, there's um, more. Yeah, and you know, in the future, which hasn't happened yet, there might be a link sort of up here somewhere. I don't know. Maybe. I think that's where it goes. If I if I figure it out. Um. But for anyone listening that can't see the screen, um, it's basically a chemist with the command tray, a navigator with the staff, because the staff is really good, um, and then another guy, a navigator with the flare pistol. Because the flare um, pistol is really good. Yes, basically. Um, <laughs> you know what that does? It basically is all of your units re-roll hits against one enemy unit. He's mm-hmm. got 50 Arcanauts, uh, breaking down into two units of 20 and one unit of 10. Um, Nine engine riggers with drill launchers, ten funders with all rifles, a gun hauler uh, with a sky cannon and the spar torpedo, which is really good. It's just a, <laughs> the common theme for this list. Picture the thing, all the things <laughs> that are really good. good. Um, and he did well. <laughs> yeah, uh, you pick the good things, and then you, you can do well with a list. Apparently, um, the spar torpedo. If you don't know what that does, is once per game when you charge, you can do d6 more wounds. Uh-huh. Uh, which is handy and then he has an ironclad uh which has the sky cannon which is pretty much often the default pick uh most of the time and that has the last word um which is when the enemy charges you you can shoot them 
which might sound a little bit contradictory when you consider you have the staff, but there are some good plays you can do with that. And I think we'll unpack that a bit more when we look at another list. Um, uh, and then he has the, to round it out, he has the Iron Sky Command Battalion for exactly 2,000 points. I know we're not um, going to spend a, like time talking about this, but I've always wanted to ask Sean about the 10 Thunderers because I have spent an inordinate amount of time and mental ability trying to figure out is 10 Thunderers with rifles worth it in an ironclad? And I've, I've anytime I see somebody running them, that's I always want to be like, what's your experience? Because like, I don't know. I just, that's the one thing in this list that I've spent a lot of time thinking about. Mine would You're be the nine riggers. I can't figure it out. I'll never figure it out. I asked him about the nine riggers, and he gave me an answer. He said, I remember his answer. His, his answer was that he wanted a unit that could do some damage in the shooting phase. That's why the three drill launchers are there. But mm -hmm. he also mm -hmm. wanted um, a unit that could take advantage of the always strike first. With so with six saws and the mizzen master, you've got seven attacks. Whereas if you had, um, you know, so and also there is a points constraint, right? Like he's at exactly yeah. at two thousand. But he wanted a unit that could do damage in the shooting phase, but also could have enough saws in the unit that could take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. If if I may paraphrase Sean, well, he's yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think he also mentioned some stuff about using them as a little bit of bait so yeah. that people didn't charge the ironclad as well um but it wasn't so, so huge that he would be risking a huge amount of points as a bait mm -hmm. 300 the, points is a lot I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Oh, yeah nothing mm -hmm. and i think the uh, thunderers are also there yes they stay in the boat they shoot but if needed he can drop them out and 10 thunders on an objective is 20 wounds that's good drops out um the thing with Thunderers is, yes, they can be a little bit disappointing with their output when you just got a unit of 10 mm. and they're all rifles. Um, but it's the, all of that damage output has got 18 inch range. Um, 22 shots. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a lot they of shots. They've got a gold. Um, and if they stay in a the boat, they can use their gold. They don't need it to reroll yeah. saves. And you measure from anywhere on the base. I can't stress how how huge that is um, yeah. because no other army has ranged units where every single unit in the um every single model in the unit can fire all the, the same time. point yeah, yeah. like that yeah. that is yeah. that is that is huge huge yeah. the only, the only other army that. that could do that is seraphon in their pyramid but yeah they can't teleport their pyramid so screw them <laughs> they, can't, they can't get that many yeah they could get 20 ones in the pyramid but then that's yeah. the pyramid is full so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, sorry for speaking over you there, know, I just wanted to say screw you to Seraphon, <laughs> but yeah, the thing is with the Thunderers is there's not really a better choice if you've got the troop transport available there. Then, I mean, you could put 10 Arconauts in, but you fly high and then all the pistols are out of range. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that I mean, that's. You're paying for a transport. Like, I always think about that. Um, the Ironclad is included in its price tag that it can garrison 15 dudes. So if you're not using that, that's like, you know, when you're playing uh, frigates and people are always disappointed by frigates um, being 220 points when they're 250, it was even worse, right? And you're like, well, this doesn't do damage. 
And it's like, well, that's because you're paying for a transport that has a gun on it. You know, like in 40k, you know, it's like mm-hmm. expecting your um, expecting your rhino to to carry an army. You know, it's like that's not that's not what it's supposed to do. It's a transport. So you know, you gotta you want to put something in an ironclad usually. Uh, yeah. Where uh, in Mornar you can just use it as bait, which is pretty good, but it's a uh, it's five hundred points. Expensive bait. Yeah. I mean, you said you said the the riggers were expensive bait, but this is uh, more expensive. Yeah, but it's bait that can protect itself. Yeah, it can. It's true. Unless mortals. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we don't we don't talk about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they they don't exist. Details details. <laughs> uh, I said we weren't gonna unpack the, the the use of the last word on this list uh, because I thought we we're just gonna skip past it, but we have actually spoken about this list for a while now. So should we unpack it now or should we? Uh, I mean, I'll talk about it a lot on mine. So it's okay. it's, it's a running theme. I think the last word is one of the main choices for a trade for the Ironclad in Barak Mona. There's three. Four good ones. Actually, there's four good ones. Five. We know just, just <laughs> okay, well, we'll go over it real quick. Real quick. It's, 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 simple. it's simple. So the Gale Force staff stops one thing from charging into you, pretty much, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, you want two things to charge into you. And usually you can get yourself in a situation to do that because you get to choose. Now, um, the reason why you want two things to charge into you is because the last word is just free damage. Like there are very few things um, that in this game that uh, you're going to die to just one of them. All right, so you know where there's two, where there's two potential targets, you're going to die to one of them. Or sorry, both of them. Like, like, say you're getting charged by two things, right? Like, oh, one of them is Archaeon. Okay, well, stop Archaeon from charging into you. The other thing can charge into you, and you're not worried about it. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so what that means is that the last word is just always free damage with Gale Force staff in a situation where you're okay with one of those two things charging into you. So um, it's just like, oh, come at me. Like, you know you want to. I'm sitting on this objective already. I'm just going to shoot you when you get here because I have Overwatch. It doesn't hit on sixes; it hits on threes. You know, so um, it it is fantastic with this. Now we will talk about maybe some other options for the Ironclad, such as taking the Battle Ram, or taking the extra move, or taking uh, the two extra wounds if you really want to be bait. But you know, you I was telling this to Matt the other day. It's like you could shoot your gun uh six times or you could shoot at 20 and so you know like why not just shoot at 20 <laughs> which is the extra the extra six comes from the last word a second time and being in range your carbines so you're going to be in range with your carbines the first turn it's interesting that you mentioned archaeon is ideal to fight archaeon it is it is navigators <laughs> if you roll good on your rolls you can quarter his move because he's a flying unit. So the, that's the normal navigator, Ether Storm ability on a free plus. You can have a flying uh, unit's move that stacks. So you can quarter his move if you roll well. And then if even if he's within 12, then you can half his, half his yeah. chance. 
Okay, do the same thing with terror guys. The things you can't do this to is stone horns. So when you're playing against stone horns, yeah, because from a rider cloak doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Mock crusher, you can turn into a giant literal cabbage on the table. Yeah. yeah. So are, are we literally? We're literally like the only army disappointed that stone horns lost the rider cloak. Yes! Yeah. Bring it back. <laughs> I've, I've yeah. also wondered if you just say like you have a terror geist and then you make it not fly with the warp lightning vortex. Does that also mean you cannot hit it with the thunderbolt? So no. the warp lightning vortex only takes fly away in the movement phase. The uh, navigator ability happens in the hero phase, where where he's still flying. Okay, so it's not just it. It removes its ability to fly no, no. at it all. It just it's says just... cannot fly in the movement phase. Okay, well, thank yeah. God, because that's something I always wondered. Yeah, they, but it can, they can basically they know, they, They're still a flying model, but they basically sort of temporarily lose their ability to fly. They don't <laughs> lose the flight how to fly. <laughs> For the, yeah, for they the movement phase. The they can yeah. island flying, and they can charge flying. So it's, yeah. it's a yeah. bit weird, that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit strange. But it's good that you brought it up because, uh, yeah, that might be something that someone sort of asked. R.I.P. Thermal Rider Cloak. Yes. I saw uh, somebody give their, their great unclean one, the Thermal Rider Cloak, one time, and I was like, oh, come <laughs> on. How are you going to model that? Like, how are you going to sell the great unclean one as a flyer? Flying carpet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, poor, poor Vince Ventrella as well. He's very salty about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, Vince, if you are watching, which you're probably not because – you know you don't like he doesn't like dwarfs that's why this is some nah. obscure thing uh <laughs> channel we have a solution a replacement for the thermal rider cloak later in the show for you unfortunately it's only for an aether chemist but we have a <laughs> um so yeah let's uh let's move on to the next list uh so this is uh your list map do you want to talk us through oh, yes it is hello uh, sure. So I have a Barrick Mornar Iron Sky command list here at 1970 points. I always really like to be at 1970 because I really like triumphs. Um, yeah. I think that for being 10, 20, even 30 points potentially. So if you have somebody that's 1980, you're 10 points shy of them and you get a free reroll. I mean, that's just huge for me. So I always like trying to aim for 1970 if I can. Um, so my three requisite heroes are an Aether Chemist, who's my general, with Opportunistic Privateer, with Spell in a Bottle, that Aetheric Navigator with the Gale Force Staff, and a second Aetheric Navigator with no artifact and no, um, no other designation. We have 50 Arcanauts, 20, 20, 10. Um, one of my units, although it's not your fault, Lee, one of them does have just one Skyhook, but that's only because... Uh, that's what I have built and painted. It has nothing to do with uh, <laughs> if, if I think that whether Arcanach should have Sky Pikes or not. But uh, um, I don't have. I only have one Sky Pike in all of the fifty um, Arcanachs. And again, that's only because what I have built. But it's not a big deal. Um, and then I have um, twelve engine riggers uh, with four volley guns, three grapnel launchers, and one Skyhook. And then four with saws and rivet guns, obviously. Um, the grapnel launcher to skyhook ratio again is only because what I have modeled. Um, although mm -hmm. I doubt I doubt my opponent could tell the difference between a hook <laughs> and a and a grapnel, but I just go with you know what what's on there. But ideally, I would have three grap 
Uh, no. Well, so, so this, three, is, this is correct. This yeah, is what yeah, you yeah. want. This is what you want. What I have is three hooks and one grapnel because my model, mm -hmm. because I'm dumb when it comes to modeling. So, uh, but this is, a, mm -hmm. this is ideal. So you can have multiple, if you get multi-charge from two different angles, you can stop two, potentially two units from retreating if they wanted to. So, mm -hmm. but then I allied in three uh, gyrocopters uh, um, with steam guns. And then I have the ironclad with the Sky Cannon and the Magnificent on the scope and the Realm Scourge Rupture from the Slaves to Darkness uh, book. Mm -hmm. cool. um, That's so, the list. Yeah. My first question about this is because I know you've you said in the past to me that you've you've watched the show uh, Sean Tubman on before. And obviously on the face of it, there's some similarities. So did you sort of develop your list based of his or mm -hmm. how did you come about this did you sort of say well i didn't like something's in his list and you just change those things straight away did you start by playing his and suit changing it to your playstyle after that or how, how yeah how, how did you come about this version of the list so that's a great that yeah that's a great observation that's a great question yeah um so uh basically what it came down to was i had been playtesting um maximum units of engine riggers um from you know when i started playing mornar because i really liked the idea of having 12 engine riggers with a gold share that could take advantage of the run and shoot so no matter where i deploy them they could reach a unit on the other side of the table if I needed to, or if a if a opponent is really smart and screens very well against my shooting, then I can still have something in my back pocket to reach them. So being able to go a, a max unit with a gold share, especially on weapons that hit the force, is really great when you can run and shoot. So you can all, not only get there, but when you get there, you can be you know, effective and, you know, bar, you know, you can, uh, basically it gives you some cover your ass insurance against bad dice rolls, right? Like you put yourself out there, you want to be able to make sure you have an impact as opposed to just rolling a bunch of threes on sky hooks and then doing nothing. So, um, that, that, and then, so I, I always started with the 12 engine riggers and the iron sky command and the, uh, Arcanaut, the, uh, iron cloud, I'm sorry, um, played around with the realm scourge rupture, which I, just absolutely love in combination with the Gale Force staff and the Etheric Navigators. So basically with the list, I wanted to lean into the movement debuffness of, you know, that Barrack Mornar plays with. You have an, you're already taking a Navigator because you got the Gale Force staff. You double that up with another Navigator. You've got, and then the Realm Scourge Rupture, for those that don't know, is the Slaves to Darkness and the spell. And it's a what I call a wall spell, right? So it's like the prismatic palisade. Um, it doesn't block line of sight, but it's that shape. And you place it wholly within nine of the caster, and then it immediately moves nine. Um, and anything that it passes over or ends its move within one inch of automatically have their move characteristic and automatically take D3 mortal wounds. Um, it's 60 points. So it's 20 points cheaper than the Warp Lightning Vortex, which uh, is helpful sometimes. Um, and what I like also about it over the Warp Lightning Vortex is that the damage is automatic. I Maybe I just have poor luck with rolling <laughs> for the Warp Lightning Vortex, but the fact that it automatically does it is nice. And then, yeah, it just synergizes with those navigators and the staff. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Originally, I had the in the list um, six other engine riggers that had just saws and volley guns that fit in the battalion. Um, but then I talked with Max and I thought three gyrocopters was 210 points. 
And so mm-hmm. when I talked with Max one day, he was like, oh, I want to see how to fit three gyrocopters in this list. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to make 210 points. He's like, well, you only need 180. And then I was like, oh, really? Huh? That's interesting. <laughs> and there are, they are an incredible way to deal with a threat that this list in particular or pretty much Caradron, you know, KO, ha- have a problem dealing with that big cloud unit. Big unit of marauders, big unit of chain rats, um, you know, big unit of clan rats. You know, sure, we have rent two, rent three up the yin yang, multiple damage here and there. But when you come up against 40 chain rats or 40 clan rats, how do you move that? So, gyrocopters being relatively fast with a 24 inch threat range, you know, you're going to be able to, to clear some of that, that, that chaff out of the way. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah, and then. I would. I had a question lined up, but I want to because of um, what, oh, I just spotted two typos on there, which is really annoying. <laughs> and one of them's copy pasted three times. So, uh, that's really annoying. Um, oh, uh, oh, I, I yeah. found it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry, that's distracting me. Uh, but yeah, I had a question lined up, but because you were mentioning about the big cloud units and. I one thing that's just occurred to me with this list is because you've got the bodies, your main problem, your main thing that's going to stop you winning out on objective is if your opponent has bodies. Um, so it's really important for you to to take out their you know their their large units basically. Um, so that's really handy because they're you know there's their elite units sure they're going to be killy and stuff but if they they're not going to outnumber your arcnauts or objectives um right. and if you can make and they might kill half them but you can make them battle shock immune then you still got more models on the object on the objective which can be really mm-hmm. handy um do you find that comes up in your in your games a lot that having these extra bodies is really helpful well a lot one of my uh, um my buddies, um, Garrett, in a, in a, we were talking about this list, and he was asking me, well, don't your Arcanauts have a lot of shots that can deal with some of those, you know, weakly armored, high-quantity units? But, you know, that made me thinking, my Arcanauts I want as an occupying force, right? I don't want them, if they don't have to, run up and run into the enemy's front lines. I want them on the mm-hmm. objectives. Yes. And, so, and so something that I can, with a small footprint that's quick, has a high range of movement can go where I need to and then do their thing as opposed to relying on the Arcanauts, which also have a short move. Now they can run and shoot turn one, but then that also means if they're not on the objective, they have to double back. And so I want them sitting on getting there and then sitting and then popping off a couple sky hooks uh, every now and then the gyrocopters, you know, in one of my games at this RTT that I just took this to, like I said, I didn't do too well, but that wasn't the fault of the list. It was the fault of the the pilot uh, in a, in a couple critical decisions. There was one list I played against that was a demigriff heavy, Knight, the cities of Sigmar Hammerhall army with um, close to 20 demigriff knights, but he had one unit of great swords. And so, right at the beginning, I'm like, that's where my gyrocopters are going because nothing else in my army can get mm-hmm. within, you know, 24 inches of that thing and just completely melt them away, like just vaporize them. So, my all, my my riggers can take out the general on Griffin or the big unit of knights. My ironclad can go after that too, but those gyros, they go after the weakly armored ground troops. 
so so having the 50 Arctos in the list, did was that a starting point for you? Or did you start with less and add more in? Or did you start with more and decrease them down to 50? More. Did you always... <laughs> right. So um, I originally had, I, I, you know, and I, I enjoy list hammer so much. So I make a lot of lists all the time and sometimes they're kooky and crazy and sometimes they work, but um, uh, I start, I have this one base template that's about 390 points um, short. And so that's basically over the last couple of months, I've been adding things in and taking things out and really trying to figure out that last 390 points um, and it's basically the, this list, but less Arcanauts. And I, I experimented with um, with a, a Celestin Prime. I've excel. I've experimented with groups of Thunderers in various configurations. Um, but I really like how this list. I like having the Arcanauts. The more I use them, the more I warm up to them. Even though I was maybe not Gary Percival levels of resistant, but definitely very. <laughs> to using them i even had like i bought um a secondhand army that had like 80 arcanauts and i sold like 50 or 60 of them like i'll never need more than 10 or 20 of these guys and then slowly but surely i've been buying a box and buying mm -hmm. another box and buying <laughs> you know so um i i appreciate their stalwartness mm -hmm. their their efficiency on objectives where they want to be and then so now i've been just like fine-tuning the last you know, so that's how this list has evolved. Mm -hmm. um, but then the realm scourge rupture, obviously, being a key part of that. Yeah. Um, uh, one uh, really handy thing about the realm scourge rupture um, that we didn't mention is it the half movement of any type of unit. So unlike the navigator, which is li limited to flying units, we mentioned with Charles' list about how it wouldn't work on a stonehorn, whereas the realm scourge rupture will. So that's handy. I also like how it physically blocks a space. So um, yeah. if you can, if you can see not necessarily a mistake in your opponent's um, deployment, but maybe a weakness, maybe they position like I have played a game against a friend of mine who had a big unit of pigs, iron jaws pigs, and um, right in between two um, terrain features. So I was able to. This is a time where I did redeploy and then drop that realm scourge ruptured. Totally took his pigs out of the game. And then drop two thunderbolts on his cabbage, so now he's quarter moved. And you know, I at that point, I'm not really worried about the double turn because his double turn is going to be uh, severely hindered. Or he gives me the turn, and then you know, that's just sort of um, basically what I want. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be double turned by a shooting army. Navigators right. say uh, until your next hero phase for the move. Yes, yes, it is. Damn. Yes, I've only ever used it to force crush gun haulers. So, um, like against other urbaz, just like force crush. Mm -hmm. If you just um, realize it's much better than you thought it was, then. Yeah, I don't. I don't use navigators too much personally. I like them mm -hmm. a lot, but uh, most of the people I play against don't actually use flying, so it kind of sits there. Mm -hmm. um, the thing I wanted to point out, I realized this is the fact that the nature of the army against big stacks is people tend to string out um, for um, zoning, right? Just by nature of they want to stop us from flying high. Mm -hmm. So you're going to run into situations with gyros where it's, or gyros, gyros, anyway. The gyrocopters. Gyrocopters, yeah. You're going to run into situations with them where it's like, oh man, 
they had a 40 block, but they're strung out. <laughs> so I can't really use them. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I had, uh, the last game, uh, the one I was talking about with the Seraphon player, he had 50 skinks and 40 uh, Saurus warriors. And yeah, I was thinking, oh man, Sar uh, you know, copters would have been great there. But then I was like, oh, he also strung them out completely. So there was mm -hmm. never actually a situation. And he was a really good player. So I'm like, oh, as you get to the higher tables and as people play against KO more, you might run into situations where the copters are just never having their ideal. Mm -hmm. um, that said, um, you know, there's going to be people who are going to put 40 dudes on one objective and you're just going to be like, okay, cool. I'm just going to delete that. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so I, I think it's a great addition. Um, but I think moving forward, you're going to start noticing that it's going to be a little bit harder to get the maximum just because of KO being the way it is. Like people are going to start screening and they're going to spread out. Um, and that I, I like the list. You know, I've, I've said it before and we've talked about this list a lot. So I, mean, I think yeah, it's we have. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, so maybe, maybe one additional <laughs> note on the gyros is even if there's no hordes in your opponent's army, free gyros are a free source of mortal wounds. Yeah. Because it's true. For game, they can drop bombs on a two plus D3. If you roll lucky, that's six mortal wounds, nine mortal wounds. Uh, that can kill a kill, kill a hero, and with sixteen inch move, they can go and run. They can even do it after they run. So potentially, you can do a, a 22, 22 inch run across someone and then bomb them. And it's twelve wounds for one hundred eighty points, just sitting on an objective. Best yeah, case no, scenario. it's always sit good. Them on just, they just sit there and okay. Incredibly cost effective. Um, so it's never really a bad option. The other think, thing that oh, go ahead, I'm sorry, Lee. I was going to say, do you think there's any value if you have them in a list and someone does have a big block of forty models? That the fact that they then spread them out means that they haven't just put forty models on an objective. Because See, mm, do you think that actually that. in some ways favors you because they've got less models on the objective potentially? Mm, they only I, need I, one. I <laughs> <laughs> it depends. It depends what it is. If it's clan rats, okay, they're there as a screen. If it's marauders, they won't charge. Mm -hmm. mm, okay, can we stop a marauder charge with our gale force stuff? I'm not sure because they do their auto charge anyway. Mm. But best case scenario would be uh, you stop them from charging. They're like stuck in front of your ironclad, and then you go in because then they're all masked up because they want to go mm. and charge you. And then you go in as a counter move with the gyros and blow them up. Nah, you're right. So actually, that was that was the original I think I, the thought I had. I think when we were pitching this idea was if you put the ironclad right in the center, and they move up with their horde units, then they're going to be around your ironclad. The ironclad can fly away. And then you just move your gyros up, and you're just like, hey, take so, some steam blasts. You know. Yeah. Obviously, I, I I approve of gyros because it was my <laughs> my idea to put them in the yeah. list. Uh, I don't know. Um, sorry, because I was away for a second. Uh, have you talked about the the Ramsker rupture? Yeah, we did. We, we went over yeah, everything. What it does. That it's not that it's not a, a downside if you take the double because it can only move forward. So oh, yeah, even if your opponent if your opponent moves because it's a predatory yeah. end of spell, if your opponent moves that spell, there's no downside for you to take the the double because you can only move it forward. So the best case scenario, I think, and that's what Matt plans to do, is to set it up in front of a a unit he doesn't want to move that far because they first they need to move around they're half moved by the by the spell then if you get the double 
Uh, hit him with it again. Or if he if he take he gets a turn, you move it, and anyway, you can move it a millimeter forward or over them mm-hmm. to affect them again. There's no there's no downside to that spell mm-hmm. if it's positioned uh, well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know if you did you catch all of that, Mac. We lost you for a second. Um, yeah, sorry did, about that. I'm in my basement, so my internet bubble <laughs> is. I'm on the fringes here. Sorry. But I I get the gist. Do, yeah, do you normally um, put so the ground schedule up to in front or? So um, you know, I've been experimenting with keeping the chemist actually on the board or deploying the chemist on the board so not only can he mm-hmm. buff the engine records with reroll once to wound but also um if i need to spend a cp to make one of the big arcanaut units inspired then uh, um you know he can he can be on the on the board to do that but uh so usually he's a little bit closer to the front lines if i really if i do have a good target i play against a friend regularly who uh, runs a legion of bloodless but he also has um, a big unit of chain rats and also a big unit of blade guys so it's always not in the best position to be used so it's not you know so it's just nice to have but it's not necessarily like mm-hmm. you know the key thing to to my to, to you know my strategy you know it's a good point you should make the navigator your general because there's no reason the chemist has to be, whereas having the navigator mm-hmm. general means that you can have the choice to put the chemist on the floor and not lose your redeploy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, of course. Like, yeah. That's... <laughs> uh, I mean, other than the fact that, yeah, because the, uh, the the Thunderbolt's yeah, sure. a 36 inch range. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, unless, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great point, man. Yeah. It's one of the good things about the navigator is it's one of the heroes that you can deploy in your in your problems like a 36 inch track range on right is huge so um, i don't know if uh what you guys were talking about while i dropped this is that basically you're, you're talking about the realm skirt rupture correct that, yeah, yeah that there is no downside when you lose priority because it can only move in one direction so even if right. your opponent moves it or doesn't move it it still affects the unit that it's placed in front of mm-hmm. and also if he dispels it uh the effect happens before the round so still have moved and it lasts until the end of the battle round so which is yes. which is nice yep yeah it's a cool spell um do we do you know if um if your opponent is able to move it do they have to move it no so they can they can choose not to but it's still it, it can move next. up to nine inches okay but here's the thing it can't end obviously over like the middle of a block. So um, you have to use that to your advantage, but also watch out for that. So if they can't possibly move it anywhere, you know, then it, you know, so it can end up just like clogging up a whole area, or if you want it to really move and, and, and go past to hit something behind it, then if it can't, if there's not a place to land. So sometimes I kind of, even if I don't have a great target for it, in the first turn say i'm going second and they didn't move and we're really far apart or they didn't move up very high sometimes i'll just sort of set it off in a direction and try to anticipate mm. where they will be when as it's sort of passing because of that consistency you know where it's the direction it's going to go because it can't be altered so i'll sort of mm. set it off on its own thing on this own like course of destruction 
and hope that it clips the right number of units. But it's also nice to use it like a fullback. And well, I, sorry for the for the NFL, the American football reference there. But like you know, sort of use it as like a lead blocker and sort of like like move up units behind it because it can never come back on you. And you know, it can do damage and slow things down right in front of it. And you can just boom, 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 walk up and keep. Really good point. I hadn't thought of it like that. Yeah. That's a good point. And I'm yes, exactly. And sorry, I don't mean to. And one other thing is I've also, if you do have the chemist in the ironclad and you do want to use it, you can also use it as a screen. So you don't have to set it up so far away. So you can literally set it up, you know, more than one inch away so you don't get hit with it. But basically you, it's like a, a, a screen in a bottle. Like you can just like a, as a physical blocker. <laughs> right. And so that's also, if you, if that ever came, if that was ever a situation where that would be helpful, you have that option. Mm -hmm. um so what happened against the ponies and why didn't it work okay so well let's uh get one thing straight i played against caleb walters which i don't know if you anybody um he's I a very a lot so i know yeah him, yeah he, he he lives in my in my uh, um my neck of the woods here in uh, just outside of the dc metro area in usa um a fantastic player uh plays zinch a lot but he was playing a uh ocr bone reapers list with arcan catacross 10 more tech guard and then two units of 15 of the death riders. Um, so, and we were playing on shifting objectives, which gives bonuses to battle line. Um, uh, I, he had four drops. I had four drops. I won the roll. And so I gave him first turn. Um, and then he just, you know, he, uh, uh, his list, he has three up saves. He's rerolling ones on units of 45 wounds that move really fast. Um, and so, and he can also bring back entire horses, like four or five of them a turn. And so I was able to recognize that early and tried to focus down one ironclad. I made the mistake really of, um, just sending my ironclad off in a corner. I wanted to try to take, get a couple of pot shots in on Catacross so I could, um, bring down the, the range of his abilities. Um, but it didn't work. And, I left my my army at that point open to battle shock and you know him being just a really really great player took advantage of that and then just played those objectives I wasn't able had I been able to use the carbines I probably would have been able to focus down an entire unit of death riders um and then only have one other threat to deal with which I could use the gale force staff and my clouds of arcanauts to my advantage um to keep him sort of you know, sort of bottled up or contained, but um, I am really glad. I, I forgot that they can add three inches of movement um, very easily. And that almost like I'm talking within a half an inch bit me in the ass <laughs> because he was almost uh, uh, able to, to uh, get a charge off and he had a, uh, and to get a really good charge off. But uh, luckily I was able to, he had, he had moved in just into 12 inch range. And so he would have needed his double sixes. But um, had I, I was thinking of deploying a little bit ahead of thinking I had that well on lock. And then he was like, oh, I'm going to add three inch movement. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was sweating there for a quick minute. <laughs> uh -huh. So yeah. that's a good thing to look out for. Like we mentioned about modifiers to charge, but modifiers to move, you want to be aware of those as well because you, you're going to put your ironclad somewhere thinking, well, their movement plus the charge distance. If you underestimate the movement as well. Uh, so yeah, the, I mean, the main issue there problem. is that you went second instead of going first, I think. <laughs> but yeah. Right, absolutely. Yeah. 
so yeah, I think we covered uh, this list now. So let's uh, move on to the uh, the next one, which uh, this is yours, Carlo, I believe. Do you want to talk us through it? Yeah, cool. Uh, so this one is my attempt at getting every single rule to work. <laughs> um, and so we, we this one actually does it. But not not fantastic. Um, and this, do I have two chems or one? Okay, this is this is post GHB. Okay. Um, yep. So I'm taking uh, Iron Sky Command and Iron Sky Attack. This is a legal fleet in every single Skyport. I'm just point out, and this is a two drop. Um, I believe in every single Skyport. So we have three heroes that fit in the uh, regular Iron Sky Iron Sky Command, and then the Admiral, which is the plus one. Um, one Arcanaut company comes with command, two comes with attack squadron, the three rears come with command, and then the, the three boats. Yeah. And there's no wasted rule, not a single wasted rule here because I have, I have all the, um, engine rig, uh, engine, great engine works. Mm -hmm. Whereas like in Zilfin, you might have one extra, um, starts with two CP, warp lightning vortex, um, so yeah, there's no no wasted uh, bonuses here. It's a two drop, and then so talking about the, um, I'll get into the rules uh, by talking about the army a bit here. So uh, the play here is to really lean into the um, the ironclad with the last word, the redeploy, and warp lightning vortex. So what does this do that Zilfin doesn't? Um, you can you basically it's the option of doing things with the gale force stav. Um, so like, what I usually do, uh, depending on the enemy army, I will put my ironclad nine inches away, thirteen inches away, thirteen inches away, not nine inches. Uh, sorry, no, basically eleven, eleven point five. That's where you want to be. Right. Uh, just why eleven point five? Yeah, just inside of twelve, so you get all your all your actual things off. Mm -hmm. um, and then you'll drop the Warp Lightning Vortex on your first turn. If they have a really, uh, like an aura-centered army where they have really condensed and you can find it. Um, Warp Lightning Vortex drops wholly within 13 for the first one, I think. So you can always put it right in front of them. Um, so, you know, I don't really need to explain why Warp Lightning Vortex is great, because we all know that. <laughs> but uh, what can you do here separately? Well, an Iron Sky Attack uh, you can actually abuse that uh, run and shoot. Uh, whereas normally in Iron Sky attacks, uh, you have this issue where if you run your um, frigate forward, you can't shoot um, unless you have an admiral to be spending the CP to do that. Um, but you can't fly high and redeploy for Iron Sky attack to get the arcs out. So this way you can get the arcs where they need to be moving the frigates making normal moves to catch up to the ironclad and then you can deploy the arcnot company as a screen for um the three boats uh usually in a way that like covers them so like oh if i get doubled here then the arcnot company will die on the first turn where i get charged and then the the boats will take a um you know the second charge but because of the aether gold they usually survive um one thing to note when you're doing something like this with the arc screen is that instead of um, in a, in 40k, you can't 
break cohesion. Whereas in AOS, uh, you can take out three or four models, uh, and they, it doesn't get checked until the end of the um, until the end of the phase, end of the end of the turn, right? Uh, you can, mm -hmm. you know, uh, then you, you pull them off. So what I end up doing is I'll, I'll remove dudes in the middle uh, that are two or three inches apart, uh, and then keep them where they're standing for piling reasons. Um, so typically, what happens is that people will find that they can't actually get to my boats, no matter who they kill, because there's one dude left who uh, still has bow shock immune. Um, so you can do some really neat like movement tricks with this army. Um, and a nice thing is that you're not you don't have to commit to the um, warp lightning vortexing them at the start. You can actually also play this further back, where you um, do what I was saying to Matt earlier, where it's like, oh, you measure out just how far they can go. Um, you'll measure two units that you're kind of concerned about. Uh, that's their, their, the, mo uh, the max movement, plus the charge distance that they can t um, go. Half that, and to make sure that you're sitting there so that you can actually get charged by one of the two and stop the other one. Um, so you can do that, and they'll come to you, and then you get to use your uh, last word on them. Um, or you can just like play the objectives where Iron Sky attack is great for that where you can just run up to an objective have the arcs sit out and now they're protecting your frigate while also keeping them outside of the uh, the objective so another thing that differs AOS from 40k is not being able to pile in after like consolidate after you uh, uh, do attacks so you can actually have dudes on the outside of a ring for the objective sitting there when when you get charged make sure that they can't actually sit on your objective so even though you only have that one frigate on the objective you're still controlling it um so this is this is one of those armies lists that you really need to know um exact measurements uh, because you can you know you, you don't really have the same killing power as say 20 thunders but the frigates are being used as transports so that you get near your points capacity out of that. You know, there's like, again, I keep saying this, but this, this is my favorite army because there's no wasted rules. Um, oh, yeah, the other thing I liked, uh, the, mm -hmm. the, the minus one bravery. If you go first, you can charge those um, uh, arcs on the first turn, charge them in, keep them locked in as a wall. They're battle shock immune if you have the ironclad there. Um, and then you have the minus one bravery. So you're actually getting that rule. And so your turn, they get shocked. Um, in the hero phase, they get shocked. In your movement phase, you might lose an arc knot or two from getting shocked. Um, and then in their movement phase, they're locked there because they can't fly, they can't run. Uh, they have to go through your bubble of arc knots who are standing there uh, if you didn't die somehow. Because um, usually you want to charge their forward screen if it's a bunch of skinks, then you know it's like they're not they're not going to die the skinks. Um, so now they can't move over their own army and they're stuck there. And so they get shocked again and you still have the minus one bravery from the arcs who are standing there. You know, so there, there's a lot of like overlapping rules that you can apply here yeah. uh, that just keep them locked in to that uh, microwave, basically. And meanwhile, you're just scoring and, objectives. And picking um, apart the, the, uh, the edges with your ironclad and all your other um, ranged weapons. Yeah. So there's a lot of different options you can lean into. So this is, mm -hmm. this is a. I know the game. I know movement. I know what your army does. 
So I need to play around what your army does. So this is like a, um, yeah, you, you really, you can't play this army and not know what your opponent does. Um, because if you, you go into it and you just, because you, you can't, there's not enough dudes. They're all weak. They're, you can't make mistakes with this army, but it's super <laughs> rewarding when you do that. I love I love how this army just feels like it's too smart for me to to, to <laughs> that. So so you that know means in um, the hand, like yourself, you're gonna be able to get the absolute most this like this list has to be piloted by somebody who's just really smart and cerebral about the game. And and I know that's why I know maybe I wouldn't be the great a great pilot for it, but in the hands of a skilled pilot, I'm sure it's devastatingly surgical. Yeah. So uh, you remember we, we talked about Greg before. He's he's one of the dudes, the best. Uh, he he was like the um, yeah, Greg coach Goden. for the American team for the international mm -hmm. AOS team. Yeah. And so he, I I play, I watch him play a lot. We were in the same like competitive group, um, and he his uh, AOS 101 is the most important thing is movement uh, because it's the only phase that you have 100% control over. There's no dice rolls you know, besides running, but you can force that. So um, this is a list that's 100%, oh, I know I'm playing chess with my opponent. And there's no, there's no randomness here. Um, I'm going to do everything that I know exactly works, and I'm going to be where I need to be and make you end up where I want you to be, knowing that you can't go past where I, these roadblocks that I've set up no matter what, you know, like just by nature. It doesn't matter if they all die. It's just you have to hit them, right? So um, it is it is a list where it's like you have to know the game. You, you know, like it's you can't can't be putzing around here. This is, so this is this is my favorite list, I think, in all of uh of of the KO armies that I've played. This one's like the oh, you know, I gotta think. Um, <laughs> yeah, because so it has all the tools. It has you know, you. you it doesn't even matter if Warp Lightning Vortex does damage. It's the run, the, the stopping the running, stopping mm -hmm. your opponent from scoring points is, and, is the thing. And there's a huge thing there between a lot of armies like um, that you with the Warp Lightning Vortex stopping running or the Rupture, which I've utilized in lists that really just further or debuff movement that um, you know the navigators can't. Um, I think there's an interesting, maybe not debate, but like a, um, a pros and cons there because an army like, um, like again, um, the Blight King spam Nurgle army that is very competitive and you're likely to see at top tables, you know, they're auto running six, seven inches without spending a command point on top of the bell and the cycle. So the maximum that I've been able to cobble together is 16 inch movement. Uh, most of that is coming from running. So the Warp Lightning Vortex shuts that down. The new snake-heavy lists that I'm seeing are able to run 2d6 plus their 8-inch movement. And so if you can stop them with the light, the Warp Lightning Vortex from running 2d6, then whereas I am taking away 4 inches of their movement with the Rupture, they're taking away potentially um, you know 12 inches of movement through the Warp Lightning Vortex. So not only is it doing damage, and like you said, zapping them over and over again, but stopping from running in some armies is going to be just lights out, game over. The problem is with Warp Lightning Vortex, the effect happens in the movement phase. So they can dispel it. And yes. No problem. Yes. Whereas the, the, the Worm Scourge Rupture, it just happens. There's 
it, it, the effect happens. No but chance. This spell you can for just, Vortex, care. though, is rolling a nine, I think, yeah. whereas Realm yeah. Scourge is like well, we, we know we have seen armies and even automatically. Uh, Matt, yeah. Matt uh, mentioned snakes there. Uh, Morafi, the new Morafi, she can probably deal with this. Uh, she no, has plus one. Mm, Not plus one. amazing. Um, she doesn't have an auto. The only thing, you know, against Zinch, that's tough, right? Yeah. It's Zinch, Archeon, uh, Croak, so Checklist. The, when when I usually get up tables, it's like yeah, they have the Kairos Fate Weaver is always there. You gotta you gotta accept that fact that he's gonna be. Yeah, you see him often. Right? I've never seen him. Oh really? I, <laughs> he I, doesn't happen here. Uh, I always get this like oh he's got a spell portal and like he'll reach out and just like change your uh, your chemist into a, a chaos spawn right next to your ironclad. <laughs> and it's horrible, dude. I hate it. Right. So he just eats the warp lightning vortex. You know, he just automatically eats it, right? Mm -hmm. So um, the, the other thing is, you know, you don't always have to use it. But when you do use it, you can force them to dispel something if you know what their list does and they need other spells. Like, usually, um, like, in the in the situation, if I was playing against Matt, uh, you know, against Caleb's um, uh, Osiarch, Arkin the Black has three casts. I know what Arkin wants to cast all the time. And if you can stop him from casting one of those things by dispelling Warp Lightning Vortex, I'm cool with that. You're like, oh, you're going to lose one of those important casts that you needed for your own army. So it's not always a right. bad thing um, to force your opponent to have to deal with it. You know, and there's not even a guarantee that they will. You know, people can roll double ones. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's a it's a thing that's a problem just by existing. Of course, I want it to be shocking three times. Ideally, you'll get yeah. at least two of them, uh, but it's it's just another thing that's super efficient, and is a problem just because it exists, Absolutely. not necessarily because you're getting the maximum use out of it. With a huge area, right? Like, yeah, 19 you know, inches. Well documented. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing about a list like this, um, well, two things. First of all, it sounds like it's not a Sunday morning list if you go to no. a, a two-day <laughs> event and you, you have fun on the night before. Um, that's the first thing. The second that's thing great. is, is um, what do you do when you come against armies that have teleports? Um, because it sounds like you're mostly trying to pin them into their deployment zone, uh, get rid of fly, stop them from running, messing around uh, um with basically stopping them from getting onto the objectives through shenanigans like that um the, the downside is yeah um, you can't stop them from teleporting out so do you find that a problem when, so when you arc, played it again iron sky attack allows you to redeploy your screen anywhere you want um just uh you know you got 14 inch movement on the right on the one with the omniscope and you're running you can go 20 inches deploy you got to remember that the deployment is within six inches not wholly within mm -hmm. so you can yep, feed out another cool. inch um you can put this anywhere you want and then again when they charge off of that redeploy they have to go into your arcs uh, and your arcs are going to be three you know either one inch Within an inch, actually, if you want, if they have a really good small model count, you want to just drop bombs on them. They can be three inches out, so they're just never going to be in combat with your boat. Or they can be six inches out, or they're just never going to be on the objective. You know, so you, you, you gotta. Um, I'm not super worried about um, redeployment 
unless it's KO. But when I played against KO with this, I kind of just shot them to death because you can tap a whole bunch of different targets. And you know, playing against KO is actually a different different conversation. So I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah. But um, it's like so. What else can redeploy? Oh, uh, a lot of cities of Sigmar will end up bringing some uh, tree revenants because tree revenants can you know pop onto an objective. Well, you can kill them with your boat once you drop bombs mm-hmm. and then like hit them with your hammers or something. Uh, what else can redeploy? Sometimes age uh, Sig Sigmarines, uh, Stormcast Eternals will pop up behind you. Um, then you just shoot Shadow them. Warriors. Shadow Warriors. Shadow Warriors are really annoying, but they're not. I, again, they're going to charge your arc screen. I'm going to keep talking about that. If they don't, the, they shot off your arc screen. They have a they have a 13 inch charge. To the new it. Shadow Stalker Warman can do it, but we don't know how many points. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I was thinking uh, stuff like uh, Zinch and and Seraphon. Seraphon can pick up, um, you know, like nine salamanders, three salamanders, whatever the the 12 unit is. Uh, and put it right next to you, which does suck. But if you lose a frigate, it's not a huge deal. Uh, they can't kill the ironclad. If they Too far away. Ironclad. Yeah. Uh, mm. With screening properly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the 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 TLDR is that there you have the tools to mitigate it. Yeah. If you know what your army, if you know what the opponent does, um, and you know what they're probably going to do. You can play around it. You have the tools to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really does kind of. We can't really just say, "Oh yes, there's you know three salamanders," because it depends on what the rest of the army does. Of course. Um, mm-hmm. um, if I can ask one question, the the thing that really pops out at me is, and maybe this is a little bit obvious for some, but you know, the inclusion of the admiral. Um, first of all because that's a, a, a sort of a, something that's so brave and so controversial is including an admiral in, in Arters, but, mm-hmm. but also having it be the fourth character, if that's how you want to look at it with the, you know, you have the hammer master, the chemist with the spell and the navigator with the staff, obviously. So, you know, the Arcana admiral being sort of the uh, one that would be not only included as a, as sort of an off choice, but also as a fourth character outside the iron sky command. You know, just thinking about it being 120, yeah, 120 points, you got 130 points, you know, so you could do so many things with those 130 with points. You, yep. could bu- you, you could buff up the engine riggers, buff up a unit of Ar- um, Arctonaut company, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. but so, so basically what's the deal? What is the ad? Why the ad? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. I didn't cover that because I'm, I'm so used to explaining it now. So, but it's the, it's, the, <laughs> it's one, the footnote. You know, I, as I said earlier, no wasted rules. Uh, mm-hmm. You can double tap with the engine master and the admiral. Those are two. You know, you could double tap with rigors and the engine master too. That's a viable argument. Give you twenty points under, and you can get yourself a triumph. But Runa Mark um, is just so useful because it's like I don't have thunders in this list. I don't have the liberty to. Um, uh, to gold cycle in the way that I typically like to in Urbaz. Uh, so the only way to get the Ironclad to get a second Aether share mm-hmm. is to use Runa Mark. Um, mm-hmm. And in, in certain situations, I can very much guarantee that by um, putting the Ironclad in a position where it's going to be the closest thing to get it. 
Uh, and then sometimes not even yeah, giving the Arcanaut company that might be a screen, it's not actually the worst thing you can do mm-hmm. in terms of giving them the Aether Gold to reroll saves again. Because sometimes they need to reroll saves in the shooting phase, um, which can be huge, right? Like uh, you can get, as I said, you know, it's one thing to get shot off um, and then charged afterwards. So rerolling the saves in the shooting phase means you could reroll again in the chart in the the combat phase and still have some arcs left in your turn or their turn to retreat, provide a mm-hmm. second screen. You know, it's just that. Uh, Runamark is, is up there in my top four artifacts in this army. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Engine Master, if I didn't have the Admiral, would not have a, an artifact that I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, you could alternate it like in the pre-GHB. Instead of the Engine Master, I had a second Chemist uh, where I took um, Vent Plates. Uh, and the really cheeky thing about this list is that you can, if you're reading Vent Plates raw, deploy the arcs in a screen around your uh, ironclad in the frigate and actually give all the arcs have a minus one to hit the entire time. So now you have the screen that has rerolling saves and the minus one to hit and you're taking the raw. So it's, they're just never going to die. So, um, <laughs> you know, if you want to play a, if you want to be an asshole, you could do that too. And I did that once. And I, I think I won it rules as written <laughs> after two FAQs. You're not an yeah. a-hole anymore after two <laughs> FAQs. <laughs> Uh, so there, there are different options you can take, but uh, I also like proving the fact that the Admiral is good. Because I like I li- having consistency when killing heroes. So what I really like about the Admiral in Barrack Mornar is that not only first turn you can run and shoot, but you know, like Max said earlier, man, that would be really nice if it was every turn. Well, with the Admiral, it can be for um, the sky vessel of your choice which is nice and rune of mark like you said is great it's basically like kill a hero that you marked and you're basically you get barrack urbaz's whole shtick right like mm-hmm. it's it's really nice to get the extra gold so that's uh i can definitely you explained it in a way that i can see how it'd be very useful rune of mark is always really good i think the problem is is getting into lists a lot of the time because there's a lot of good artifacts um but you've got two battalions here so yeah that's great um uh, i had a couple of questions i was going to ask oh, oh one of the questions i was going to ask was uh you mentioned about how rule of art basically helps you increase your damage output a little bit because you haven't got those you know those big units would one of the options you could maybe consider there would be another navigator with uh, the flare pistol. Yeah, I was just thinking that as soon as you... Yeah. I, was, I was actually legit. I was like, oh, you could drop the Admiral, drop the engine uh, engine harness, take up three more riggers, and then take a navigator. Uh, you'd have more raw damage. You wouldn't lose any healing. Uh, you would just not have any melee. I, 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 As a player, I value the two-up, two-up ruling ones to hit and wound of the Admiral to kill mm-hmm. heroes because I can't roll ones. So I can't roll twos on literally anything. You know? so, um, that's, that's a personal choice. But taking a second navigator is a great idea. Um, so I would not shy away from that either. You know, then you get 20 more points, or 20 less points. Um, and so like Matt was saying, getting the second triumph might all be, might be all you need. Yeah. It's a bit like have a rune of mark then almost. Yeah. 
because the way you're using Runemark in this list is you get it on your Ironclad, which is really great, but then the other two gold shares, I mean, you spoke about how you could use them on the Arconauts, but you're not getting massive use out of them compared to if you've got an extra gold share on 2500s. Um, so getting a Triumph is almost almost a bit similar to having the Runemark. Yeah, um, and the and, uh, Flare Pistol in of itself basically is another Triumph. Yeah. So you're right. Um, it might that might just be straight up better. I mean, anytime you're talking about extra gold shares, somebody who likes using max units of engine riggers, uh, my ears automatically perk up. So <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna definitely take another look at Ruta Mark and the Admiral because being able just to give out a gold share to a unit of twelve engine riggers that all hit on fours is just. The fl I've been looking at the flare pistol too and working about that list, but the Ruta Mark is definitely something I'm gonna take another look at for sure. I haven't yeah, used Runemark personally, but my other thing about it is that usually I don't have an issue if I'm focus firing my entire army on something. Usually, do you mean of course. The flare, do you mean the flare pistol? Yeah. Did I not say that? What did I say? You said you said Runemark. Oh yeah. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> my, my issue with, with, with uh, flare pistols is that I don't usually run into situations where I don't kill the thing I needed to. Um, so it's kind of I don't like saying win more, but that is one of the things that I think is a win more option. But I also understand completely when people say it just gives you so much. Because when you mm -hmm. do both, it's just as good as um, the fact that you can use a Triumph and an Aether Gold in the same phase. Yes. So huge. Kind of so, so huge. Reroll hits, reroll wounds. Yeah. So it's uh, the same thing. And then so you could use a Flare Pistol, Aether Gold, and uh, a Triumph in the same phase. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean. Yeah. Well, that would be massive. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one thing I've just thought of there from from what Matt said was, I in the past I haven't really considered using Ruler Mark that great with big units of engine riggers because typically in other skybots if you're taking big units of engine riggers you're taking them as long range shooters where you can use their 12 inch move plus the 24 inch range shooting to basically threaten pretty much a, a large area of the board. And that means that when you use Ruler Mark, it's, it's the three closest models, uh, your three closest units to the hero, enemy That's hero that you kill, um, which means you probably won't get it on the Ender Riggers in most Skypots. But in Barrett Mornar, you've got run and shoot, and you're talking about potentially like, oh, you can use Riggers to run and shoot with their pistols, in which case then, in that case, they might be the closest unit. Or one of the closest units. Wait a minute. Is so it the closest it. unit to the Admiral or the closest no, unit to the, to the hero? To the oh, okay, okay. The target that you kill. Gotcha. So yeah. if they're sitting behind a screen in the back of the enemy's uh, deployment, then it's just whatever's closest to that, which you it's really good with fly high because you can drop in and just you yeah. know, make your units close. Um, but riggers are if you're using them long range guns are probably not going to be close, but if you're running shooting with them with pistols in more in one R, then they could be the closest thing or the second or third closest thing. Cause it's three units to get it. So, so yeah. it's like a Di it's like a Diablo boss that when you kill, he shoots out a bunch of, of gold and, and loot. Yeah, exactly. not so much, not so much like an Admiral handing out like, good job no. boy. Like pat yeah. in the back. Okay. Okay. No, it's like you go. Yeah. That hero over there, he's got all the, the jewelry and the, the gold medallion. On, Let's get him boys. Like, kill him. And then you can get yeah. his gold. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I gotcha. 
for some reason i was just thinking in my mind the three closest to the the admiral and i was that like, make more oh, sense okay, well, yeah that would be yeah. almost better <laughs> yeah that would be a lot more easier to use wouldn't it but yeah i like i like the flexibility also though of putting your admiral on the other side of the board um mm -hmm. and then just having other things kill the thing if you need it to uh yeah. Yeah, you get his perk, right. and not having having to have the admiral there is helpful as well. Uh, Praise and Grant, and it um, gives you an excuse to use the new Jacob Bugmanson model as your drunk admiral. Like, what could be better? <laughs> yeah. Hi, and then the last thing before I forget, this Please. is uh, besides my Urbaz list. I think this is the most um, what do you call it? Like, um, not canonical, but like uh, flavorful. It's the most mm. flavorful list. You could, you have an admiral who's your general. You have an iron sky fleet because you're using all the all the things with the iron sky keyword. Um, it's a two drop. It basically feels like a one drop. And he's like, yeah, this is this is what they were thinking when they put the uh, um, mm. the the sky fleet together because it's this is a legal fleet in every single skyport, even even in the you know. So it's like this. It. You can play this mm. army in all. You know. You don't need a legal fleet. You can just play Barak Jazzbars and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> still got the Irish oh, yes. I forgot. Those were the news that I forgot. Those were Yeah, that news. was the news. I was gonna bring that up in the news. I'm glad we did it because we would have talked about that for half an hour right. taking the piece yeah. out of it. Um Barak Jazzbars. Yeah. Prepare I, for the method shift. Yeah. I got one question um, for you, Kyle, before we move on. Is do you find your opponents underestimate this list? Because I, I could imagine how they could look at it and go, oh, there's not much there other than the ironclad to worry about. I find that my opponents overestimate this list. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, I don't know. So, 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 so the, the thing is, this is a list where you're not leaning into the... Um, uh, this is this is a five-round five um, kind of kind of game list. Like, uh, every, every single game I've played with this has gone to five. These have all been like the most intense, like mind thinking uh, games that I've had to play was with this list. Um, it doesn't, you're not blowing your opponent out of the water on any of these turns. You're just stopping them from winning, which is really awkward because it's it's like playing Nurgle kind of in, in that they can't remove you and they're frustrated, uh, except you're shooting them off. And it doesn't matter if you kill your opponent because you just, you're just playing the game, so I, you know, this is this is like one of those. I think this is how the game was supposed to be made. We're not supposed mm -hmm. to lean into all these gimmicks where, um, you know, I'm gonna move you on turn one, whereas mm -hmm. you could do that in Zilfin. Um, this is like yeah, I'm gonna play the game with you for five turns, and so um, uh, I I haven't been underestimated, but I've also been underestimated in the sense that they're not removing the things that they think that they should be able to. You know what I'm saying? Uh, underestimated in that, like, it was harder to win against this than some people might think, but also mm -hmm. overestimated as in they're planning for a screening, me shooting them to death. They're mm -hmm. planning on, like, oh, he's got a warp lightning vortex. I got to deploy out far, and I'm not going to, um, uh, I'm not going to have all my dudes in one space so that, uh, they get blasted by the warp lightning vortex. Like, this is a, I'm going to punish my opponent for all of his mistakes kind of list you know uh so 
Yeah. It's really hard. <laughs> well, you know, one thing that one thing hard. that one thing that Sean Tubman said uh, when you guys um, did the uh, episode with him was that Ko doesn't. And there aren't a ton of synergies within the book, but they synergize well with the core mechanics of the game. Um, that's something that he focused on a lot at just general Ko. But I think this list does that almost to an extreme in a good way. Uh, where, yeah, you can get around not being able to get out of the boat after you move it. You can get around not being able to move a unit, you know, before the game starts. You can, it's just, it's it's great. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And there's, um, there's just a, a general reputation for KO now. So actually, I don't think many people will actually underestimate, they probably will overestimate KO probably in most cases because everyone just thinks, oh, oh KO, they're going to shoot me off the board. So, and then we do it less. We honestly have yeah. less shooting attacks, less high damage attacks, less, you know, it's like, mm. uh, you know, you, you, uh, I found my friend about Thunders the other day, and it's like, yeah, they average five wounds on anything, you know, so... Yeah. Well, they are not the uh, Yeah, you look at screamers or flamers as each though, and they have two damage minus two, two damage each on all those attacks. It's like uh, Yeah. Uh so I think we cover your list. So we'll move on to uh, we've got one and a half lists next. Explain a bit. Um so it's uh both of them are, are yours, Max. So do you yes. wanna talk us through this battle so um i've never played barak monar before uh before my test game with this list so i thought how, how would i approach this this sub faction uh, we've spoken about this already uh the key thing is either fight first or run and shoot the redeploy okay is a nice thing what you can do you can do in zilfin too kind of so I thought, well, who who benefits most from running and run and shoot? Well, stuff with uh, a small shooting range, missile range. So engine ringers, okay, engine ringers. Let's put engine ringers in because they also benefit from the fight first. They're your most fighty unit you have in the in the army, I would say. Okay, so twelve engine ringers with pistols. Uh, I don't need to hitch them, so we can be twelve because we'll just run them and shoot. Let's have another one, just because, cool. And then some Arkentot company for, uh, because they also benefit from their pistols. Well, then uh, I wanted to be able to decide who goes first. Okay, so low drop, let's put in a battalion. Okay, Iron Sky Command is a good start because we can put a lot of engine riggers in there. We want a navigator anyway um, <clears throat> for the Gale Force stuff. Want an ironclad? I always want an ironclad in every KO list. Uh, I'd like the Ender Master with the Ridgeable Suit, and here uh, because we need Battle Line, so he's the general. We forego the opportunistic privateer because obviously he cannot go inside the boat. Uh, and then a chemist because I, I usually always start my list with an Ender Master, <laughs> a chemist, and a navigator. My three go to heroes for the Iron Sky Command. I don't know. Uh, and I thought, well. What, what what can he do? He can buff his ability, the reroll ones to wound. He can buff engine riggers, so one unit. But when they run off and shoot, then that's a one per game ability. Is there any way <laughs> to make him faster? And uh, I don't know who came up with this. Uh, so 
I, I think I look through endless spells in the app and like what endless spells are there available to use and what's this? What does even this thing do? And I read it. Ah, it is uh, days or dies arcanum is an stormcast eternal endless spell. It's thirty point. It's a little flying disc thing. You might have seen seen it, but I've never seen it in play anywhere. What it does is basically your caster can jump onto it and he gets uh, an extra spell attempt. He gets a uh, 12 inch move and fly and plus one save. So obviously uh, because the chemist, he cannot, he's not a spell caster. He doesn't get that bonus, but 12 inch move plus, plus one save. I, I would say that he might get that bonus. Because he doesn't uh, have any no. spells. He can't the cast wording... any spells. Well, the wording says he can cast an additional spell to one yes. that he can already do. But because he can't do any... Uh, he has realm zero. Spells. Everyone has access to realm spells. So he might yeah. be able to cast... Oh, I'd, I'd argue he can't, but that's not the <laughs> idea of the list. If it's the same wording as Bound Cogs, when I looked into Bound Cogs, I sort of reached the conclusion that you probably can cast a realm spell. But it's not something you want to build around. Well, like, even for the realm spell, you need the wizard keyword to cast the realm spell. Oh, do you? It okay. doesn't the, realm, the realm spells doesn't say like, oh, wizards in your army know this spell. It just says, oh, it just literally is just like this is the realm, and then there's a spell. It doesn't say anything about the spells. Mystic like, Shield and uh, Arcane Bolt, you need to be a. It, it says uh, yeah. when you have a wizard, it says on their war scroll they know these yeah. spells. It's not uh, something that everyone gets. Whereas the realms in general might uh, have different wording. But they, even they, if you don't get the extra spell, you basically give them a Nimbus cloud to fly around on, right? So, yeah. uh, That's the main no, reason. Yeah, you're not taking <laughs> it for a spell. We're getting we're digressing. Uh, it doesn't really not, matter. So it doesn't matter he's not casting. He, it gives him an extra unbind. So it so can attempt to unbind one extra spell in each enemy. One extra. Extra means he can already do it. Since that's he can't, not, do that is not true. <laughs> what does Nar what, say? Uh, in Baraknar, he could because he can yeah, yeah, yeah. find yeah. in Baraknar, then he could do an extra one. Okay, so that's not the idea of this whole thing. Yeah, uh, it's 12 inch move, flying, and plus one to save. It's a 12 inch move, so he can keep up with one unit of engine vehicles to buff them continuously, uh, reroll ones to wound and shoot. And because the reroll ones to wound is also in the fighting uh, combat phase, so that's great. Okay. Also, uh, nifty, nifty little trick. Um, usually, you want to keep the chemist inside the, the ironclad when you deploy because he's safer. Minus one to hit, plus one save. But then, ah, oh, that's stupid because then I cannot buff anything because of the stupid rule they added. You cannot buff while he's in a garrison. Uh, with this in the hero phase, he can pop the spell out of the bottle. You set up the spell within one inch of the ironclad. You set him up on the iron, uh, on the plate, <laughs> so he can. It's an auto leave uh, leave the boat in the hero phase trick, and then he can still buff uh, whoever he wants to buff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then you do what we've talked about. You run forward, engine riggers. You shoot uh, engine riggers. They all with saws and pistols. So you have thirty six shots uh, and um, thirteen saw attacks if you get them all within range. They have a 24 plus D6 threat range. There's two big units. Uh, the chemist can zoom about between them or behind one of them. And then the navigator, the ironclad, and the uh, engine master are usually 
like to keep the Enro Master with the Ankla just for the repair healing. Uh, they can go somewhere else, and with the last word, and the Gilfor staff should be rather safe. It's a one drop list, so that's neat. Um, on the 20 Arcanauts, they just do what Arcanauts do. They sit on objective or try to shoot something when they run forward, which is not bad. I mean, 20 Arcanauts. Um, my list, actually, I did not put in the Sky Pikes just to get extra shots, mm -hmm. so uh, four more pistol shots. Yeah, it's it's dice you throw, but you usually want to keep them within nine inch of an objective just to get that plus one to hit. So you won't run them into no no man's land. So, so really, pardon me. We all kind of wanted to jump in on. Them. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say, so you tried the list um, yeah. out, and so how how did it work on the table? Did it work how you expected? Um. Not exactly, because first of all, uh, when you go one drop, you want to decide who goes first, and with KO, usually you want to go second for the for the double. If you're not playing anything, that's yeah, I need to take this out before before it does anything. Um, and with most battle plans being maximum 24 inches away, um, deployment zones. The Endern Riggers have a 12-inch movement and 12-inch fire range, so that's already covering the whole no man's land between you. You don't need to run, if especially if you go second. They are already in range, and then you rather not run to be able to charge. Who are you against? Uh, this was against the cities of Sigmar. Um, okay. so, least... so my opinion on that is, yes, you're right. You don't need to run, typically. But anyone who is shooting is going to shoot you if you're within 28 to 30 inches of them on the, you know what I'm saying? Like most, most enemy armies that have shooting are going to have 18 to 30 inches of their range on their, uh, on their range weapons. So what you can do is take second. You can have the riggers on the back line, so they're never going to be in range. Uh, and then you can run forward. And that's, yep. that's where... Uh, because Riggers cannot take the shooting. Like if I was up against Seraphon mm -hmm. and Seraphon had, uh, you know, the double Bastildons, I would not want to be anywhere near. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's actually the issue I ran into with Nar um, was the fact that I couldn't get my 12 Riggers in a place I wanted to because the two Bastildons kind of had me zoned out just by existing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so being able to run and shoot in that first turn is great because you can be further back. So I think that I think it's a, it's a still a really good rule in practice. It just depends on who your opponent is. Yeah, um, but if you're, if you're against the cities of Sigmar who don't have any threat from range, then no, I have two two uh, dark elf dragons and some other dark elf stuff. Well, just to to yeah. test out the, the the core mechanics. Yeah. Um, Let's let's go maybe with stuff uh, I, I did like. Gear for stuff, awesome, fantastic, work well. Um, the chemist on the endless spell. It's not just that he can keep up and buff, so you you get more of one turn out of his ability. It's just having a hero that's twelve inch move and flies. It's like he's like a second little engine master. He can just zoom onto an objective and keep it. He can stay somewhere. He can screen your ironclad if needed. He's just jumping around. <laughs> it's just so good to have a dwarf 
outside of the boat with high mobility. And he's well, that combo is 120 points. Max, if you can spare the spell in the bottle for that. And like you alluded to, being able to buff the engine riggers, one unit of them with reroll ones to wound, being able to have a character in those engine riggers with high move, a lot of times I find that they're outside of, I would love to have them reroll ones to hit, but you have a character right there to give them the command ability to reroll mm -hmm. ones to hit on all. So they're threes rerolling ones, twos rerolling ones with high rend and then decent damage. But then um, also you can keep up um, sort of near the front lines with them and then utilize that minus one to hit aura from his um, from his uh, uh, his his ability to do that as well. So those 12 engine riggers that are, you know, anybody uses them are pretty squishy um, because they are two wounds with a four up save, but they're also very expensive. So, but being oh, able to there. minus one to hit really can protect them as well. So I love it, man. You know, I actually, I actually came up with this list, but completely different but almost the same so like instead of the deus arcanum i had um another navigator with the flare pistol but two units of big engine riggers with all guns but like it's so it's like it's almost other than the spell in the bottle and the second navigator it's the exact same list but works completely different yeah that's the one i was i yeah. had to come up with too um, yeah. So also one one thing uh, the days does is it allows the chemist to actually run and shoot his gun. Be in range. <laughs> it's totally yeah, yeah, yeah. Like without buffs, it will do like two or three wounds. So okay, it's not the greatest gun. Yeah. If you well, if you can spike. Ren two though. Ren two, it can spike if you if you roll well, uh, because you can roll first mm -hmm. to see how many attacks, and then you can say, oh, I'll use his uh, his goal to. Revolt all hits or wounds with that uh, fourteen shot. Can you do that? Yeah, because you you do choose um, to activate the triumph before you make an attack. Deciding how many attacks you have is not before making the attack. Making the attack literally means throwing the dice to hit. Well, select, selecting a target and then. Yeah, I thought selecting but, a target is when you is, is making an attack. So selecting a target is still when you're rolling the three mm -hmm. dice. Well, I, I, at least at the GTC, yeah. I talked to the TO and asked him, well, how, how is this? And he made before, use the triumph before you roll dice. I was like, okay. Because I don't know how many attacks I'll have. I need to. <laughs> that's, I, I, that's always how I play him. Like, what you I, attack, I might use his gold for that. Same I with looked, the holy gun. When I looked into this in the, in the past, I, I reached the conclusion that you work out uh, you can you can work out how many attacks you have first before uh, before using your gold, um, which is handy. Also handy on like the volley gun on the uh, ironclad. Yes, you're exactly. going to use it. Uh, there was I else know that. Hmm. Um, I've never played it that yeah. way. Yeah, uh, there was something I was going to ask. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Oh, that's what I was going to say. Actually, it wasn't really a question. I was just going to say yeah, it's basically on the uh, chemist that actually gives him a twenty-seven inch threat range on what is normally a four-inch move, dude, with, uh, with a nine-inch <laughs> nine shot. Nine-inch gun, a four-inch range move, and he's you can actually hear him more now. Get him up to two, and this get him up to twenty-seven inch threat range. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like you, it's huge, like you gave him a Nimbus cloud. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just a meme, but it's a little firmer rider crook. 
for and it yeah. works with the game because it just says in the rules a caster always and he counts yeah, as it's, so it's a good it's a plus fun. one save yeah it's a plus one he's on a free plus yeah, three up save five wounds doesn't yeah. matter though. but That's just like be clear goal. is that plus one save or counts as cover no plus one save so, so you go for two up save add yeah, one two save for us, i think it says yeah so then if you put him on cover as well then he's on another two plus save uh, add one to hit. add one to save rules, yes. Yeah. Add one to save rules. So yeah, on the two plus on cover. Very can... nice, Max. Yeah. Well done. So, yeah. but yeah, and I think uh, Lee, you also have the second, the second yes, version. Yes, this of... is the. I, I well, this is having... why I said it's one and a half list because it's the same. Yeah. You basically same you had a list and you yeah. amended it. And I meant it because I thought, okay. Because the chemist, he can only buff one. It would be awesome to have this in Urbas because then he can, he could, with the Supreme Chemist trade, he could buff two and then run both of them. That would be awesome. But uh, So you just have one big unit, same, buff it. And then you have uh, two more smaller units at three engine riggers and 20 more Arcanauts. So because I believe the run and shoot gets you more out of Arcanauts. So they benefit more. Put those another 20 in there. Gives you bodies, gives you more shots, uh, and then we have six more engine riggers that can jump around with the ironclad. Maybe screen the ironclad or sit on a on a hole, sit on a back objective. You could play around with the with the weapons of the mm -hmm. MSU units, um, but basically, yeah, it's the same the same idea. Uh, but it goes down to 1960 points, which almost guarantees you a triumph. I had a, a a friend of mine in this area enter a tournament with 1940 points one time, and only because he didn't adding a command point for his. And this is not not a KO list, but just on the topic of being very low points for getting a triumph, he an, a command point wouldn't have really given him all that much. But 1940, he he basically he got a triumph every turn. So you know for him that was worth it. And you know I think it, like we talked about in KL, being able to spend a gold and a triumph in the same phase yeah. is very powerful. Triumphs are much more valuable for KO, I believe. Only thing is with the new Sons of Behemoths, a lot of their lists are 1940, 1950 around that. That's that's true. That's true. Although that's we don't really lose to Sons, you know. <laughs> You can. Uh, you I've caught. lost a few. I've lost a few against him. Yeah. Uh, if you don't kill them as fast enough, then it's a DPS yeah. check. It always is against them, regardless mm -hmm. of which army you're playing. It's a DPS check because you uh, can't. Yeah. If you don't beat them by turn three, then you're outscored and you lose. You're right? outscored. Like, uh, but yeah, those those works. And there's a good Illuminous list that also has, I think, around nineteen sixty yeah. points or nineteen forty even. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, what a day's list. My my take on the on the Mornar. <sighs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, you, a, I'm a Delphine boy. How would you feel coming <laughs> up against Sentinels? With this list? With either, with either version. Um, Oof. I feel they do a lot of damage to some Riggers. Yes, and they you, do. I, I actually played about... my first game against Luminef recently, but that was with a Zilfin list. Mm -hmm. uh, boy, is that Darkfire Demon Rift fun. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> gonna say, uh, 30, more than 30 mortal wounds per activation. But that's it's just... just mean. <laughs> it's mean, and it, you won't take that list, because it's yeah. good against Zinch and, uh, and Luminef, and then it's shit up against the rest. Yeah. 
But, you know, I was just thinking uh, about Lee's question about the Sentinels, and I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, if I had the option, I could redeploy the Ironclad and then charge the Sentinels with the Ram, the bombs, and then a Hammer Master, um, because you can still charge after redeploy. But you know, in this list or and the list before, you're basically punting on the on the redeploy. So, yeah, you you you're not doing a redeploy, and you're going full on the run and shoot, and Sentinels will outshoot you almost. <clears throat> at least against this list sentinels against this is is difficult because against the generally mourner because they don't tend to or sentinels or luminif uh, unless it's dawn riders in there they don't charge you they wait for you to come to them they stay in their shining company they have their cows and cow hat people uh, stand fast minus i don't know how much to hit plus one save rerolling saves whatever they just stand there and wait for you. So the whole uh, Gale Force stuff is a bit wasted on that. What made me think of the Sentinels was when Kyle was saying about backboarding, because it's straight away then, just as you talk about backboarding, oh, it's a unit with 36 inch range. Well, that, actually, if you have the redeploy, that's awesome, because what I did is I split my army. I had one gun holder, I put it down in one in one corner. So he, my opponent de deployed 20 Sentinels over there. And then I put my rest of my army on the other end of the, in the other corner, and he could almost, not, could almost not reach it. And he had 30 Sentinels out of out of the game for the first round. Yeah. And that's that would be awesome with the redeploy because basically you don't lose anything. That was going to be my next point. Is in yeah. the set new version, the second version of the list, the Andrew Master of Dirigible Suit doesn't need to be a general. Uh, why not? Because you got. Uh, if you oh no! Wait, yes, it does. Yes, or you could split one of the not, Arcanaut companies into ten. You could split one of the Arcanaut companies into ten. So you could go. You could go. Uh, yes, you go, you go twenty drop. ten ten, and then yes, you could. But then you go free drop instead of two drop. Mm -hmm. hmm. Which I think is probably still a safe bet against most armies. Yeah. Yes. Uh, usually, my other list, I think free drop. I feel comfortable for mm. drop still okay mm. i prefer having three drops yeah. two drops means i lose out either on a gun holder or or something else of funders so yeah. Mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's fun it's cool it's bark mora maybe i'll yeah. i'll have to test more i'm, I'm not <laughs> an expert on this definitely well and you know a lot of people ask me well like the sort of the meme like well why don't you just play zilfin <laughs> Be mm -hmm. but like for for me when i was a new caradron player um i decided that i was going to read the lore of each skyport first before i read the rules this is with the old book and i was going to pick maybe one or two uh skyports that i like the lore the feel of everything the ethos of and then i was going to look at the rules and make my determination. But <laughs> when I, when I read, I, every time I read something about Barrack Mornar, I loved it. I love the, the shadiness there. The fact that they're basically the most Isley of Skyports from star Wars, just like an illicit dealing <laughs> hub of a black market. And, yeah. And they love to sort of push the envelope of rules as written and sort of, uh, uh, you know, and not in sort of a, battle tome sense but just in a lore sense of contracts and and the rules between them and you know as a big uh, Pete, uh new england patriots fan and american football having a coach you know that is notorious for pushing the envelope on rules and sometimes getting in 
hand slapped, uh, uh, you know, with, with coming too close to the edge of those rules and what was intended and what, you know, I just love that whole, that whole shtick. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, and then I was like, okay, the rules are good too. So. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say out of all, uh, Skyports, uh, Monar is in the top two, even three. Mm -hmm. It is probably the coolest one from a law perspective, I think. I, I, say, I, I, don't, I don't like it. They're <laughs> too evil. They're the too bad, guys. They're, bad They're like guys. all the dwarves. They're like, mm, nah. They're nearly, they just, they're just on the right oh, side of the line at the moment. Maybe, maybe in Broken Realms, then they will get even evil. And you'll like them as well. Somebody uh, yeah. mentioned one time, I don't know if it was in one of the chats, but they said that um, there was a, um, a section where they read about the uh, Beric Mordar whenever they enter or another Skyport wants to do some dealings with Beric Mordar and come into the Realm of Shadow, that they are escorted to their Skyport yep. um, and, sur and surrounded by like a black mist. Does anybody it, know where that... Uh, I think it's in the Battle Tome. The new... I think it's in the new Battle Tome. They said that. Because um, no one exactly knows where Barak where the Morn sky... is. Yeah, exactly. only they know. Yeah. It's like a hidden, it... you know, almost Alibaba uh, kind of way, hidden yeah. home base. They, they actually moved the port. Like it used to be in a location where all the other ports knew where it was, and then they moved it to somewhere, <laughs> somewhere surrounded in shadow is I think what it says, which is probably yeah. on the move. I, and I love it. And so when I read that, I wanted to, when I have a couple of frigates that I got off Facebook repair, uh, you know, uh, emergency and I got them all, uh, repaired up and I want to paint them. I saw this paint that's, it's called black 3.0 and it absorbs 99% of all reflected light. And I definitely wanted to do like, uh, or try some of those like cloaking effects you see. in sometimes in the Tau armies in 40 K where they yeah. have like a, a bright white or a blue line down like half of the, oh. the thing and um. then have half of it be in this, super mega dark mm. black and then the other half be like normal i think that'd be really cool so i've seen i've seen someone do a frigate this style where half of it is black misty purple and then you have this cloaking okay. bright line and behind it's the normal barrack mourner colors okay and someone asked this in the facebook group very recently like oh, i can't find this has anyone seen it i, I remember seeing this and i, I couldn't find it it's but definitely I've, there somewhere. I know someone's definitely done it. I, 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 have, seen it I have the image in my in my head, and I thought this is so cool. And I've seen that. Um, who was it? Uh, I think the guys from Artist Opus. Uh, he recently did an Eldar uh, ship with the same effect. Mm -hmm. Very cool. One, the front is just like a black universe with stars and galaxies. Oh, I saw that one. Then yeah. there's a cloaking line, and behind it's the red, orange, normal paint. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, but yeah, that's that'd be awesome, and it's cool because half of your ship is just painted black, so that <laughs> saves time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so I think have we covered everything? I think On so. List, yeah. There's not much to this list. The fun is the the thermal rider cloak yeah. for the chemist. It's a fun little thing. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, in that case, I think we can end the show. So thank you guys for uh, joining us. Thank you, Matt, for coming on the show for the first time. It was great to have you yep. on. So, uh, no problem. I hope, we can, I hope we can have you on again at some point. Uh, I would love maybe to. to. Maybe to teach us how to play against Nurgle or something. 
<laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we we talked about this. We want to do some shows like how to yeah. fight a certain opponent. I think Nerva yeah. is definitely one of the problematic opponents for KO. Yep. Well, I'd love sure. to. Thank you so much for having me. I had yeah. a great time. I'd love talking with you guys. And uh, um, you know, until next time. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Thank cool. you very much. And thank you to everyone that watched. Uh, anyone that participated in the chat. Thank you. Uh, if you like the show, please do hit like. Um, if you like the channel, then please do subscribe and please watch us again next time as well. Thank you for watching. Bye.